previously on AFTN. Why, why are we talking about Saturday? There was no there was no post game coverage of Wednesday. We are going to come you, to you, that you, oh, you in, wanna, in part three. I know. I saw that. Why are we not talking about that first? Because we it All right. goes with the flow into part three. I, I, was I, I'm going to have to leave because I was on vacation. I didn't get a, get a chance to catch the game, so I can't hear any spoilers. So I'm, <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm going to avoid the game. Okay. I'll, I'll walk out for that segment. Yeah. You're going to enjoy it. <laughs> the, a trophy was don't, raised. Don't, don't tell me. Okay, saw, don't I, tell me who raised it. That's all I'll say. Again, and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. Broadcasting on CITR Radio from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful and Not a Smoky, British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And if you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode 294. We're getting up to the big 300. Gonna have us dressed up like the film three hundred when we do that episode. Oh, that'll be fun. <laughs> so I have a few weeks to get in shape. Yes, or we'll just Photoshop. Okay, <laughs> One or the other. Uh, so we've got a, a packed show as always. We'll just warn you right off the back. There's going to be some swearing in this show. It, well, first of all, it's a sad moment. It's our last song from Football Violence Awareness Month, and it's got some swearing in it. So usually when our Wavelength song has some swearing, I thought, hey, carte blanche, we've got to, to mark it explicit anyway. What the fuck? Let's just go for some swearing. And Wait, I thought I thought you're also still not to just not supposed to just do that. It's okay to do it as long as it feels natural. Why don't you do it all the time? <laughs> Tell you something that feels natural. Coming from behind. And that's just what the Whitecaps did on Saturday night in San Jose. I, there's not, nothing else to say except what the fuck happened in San Jose? Well, you're really going to ride this one. <laughs> <laughs> it was just both teams had like 10 minutes of or 10 to 11 minutes of just breakdowns either with defensively yes. or if you want to say they offensively, they just, uh, just uh, clicked for those 11 minutes. Obviously, San Jose scored two goals yeah, in their 11 minutes or so. It was entertaining. And Vancouver scored three goals in theirs and that was yeah. the difference. Now... <laughs> Football cliches are very tiresome. We all know that at the end of the day. But if ever a match merited the tale of two halves tag, I mean, this has got to be it. First half, Caps were not in it. Or as we like to say in the UK, we weren't at the races. Okay. Which actually Robo did also say after the match. 
He didn't use leggy at all. No. <laughs> but the first 25 minutes, there was something wrong with him. After that, they did. They kind of showed a little bit. They didn't threaten much in the first half. Yeah. But second half, whole different animal. Like Pepper Army. Yeah. Well, well the, the beginning of the second half wasn't as, you know, off to the races like you want to say. But there was a moment that I, I think right after they earned that, that first free kick outside the box where Jordi Reina converted. Mm. I think once that hit, then it was just like. But, no. like, but before that, though. Did you feel that the turnaround was coming? Because I, I didn't. I, I felt it after the substitutions, a little really? bit. The when when Gazal came yeah. on, and then Mosquito came on, I, I, I felt I like there something were something out that didn't age well. About let's hope we don't uh, have to chase this game with the although, subs that we have. No. Hmm. Although when Gazal came on, I was thinking, what are they doing? Why are they putting a defensive player on? But I, obviously, it worked. Well, they had to take De Jong off to see him getting yeah. sent off. I think, but yeah. yeah. Russell Tybert came on against New York as a defensive midfielder and kind of changed the game a bit. Ali Gazelle comes on in this game and kind of changed the game a little bit. Yeah. Which does make me wonder whether we should even look at going back to this two-man defensive shield. Try and solidify things. But I I think even when they play the two-man defensive shield, there's just too many individual errors where I don't know if it's going to make that much Uh, of a difference. But I'd like to see, I don't mind it, as long as they give a little bit of freedom to one of them to move up the park. Mm. One, one, if one of them is allowed to like push it forward, like maybe a Tybert or something like that, so we can maybe but not. If, if it's Tybert and Gazal, I'm not sure that either of them are fully capable of, of well, wha- doing that. One That's of them the is capable of like getting being a, like a buzzsaw and being attacking in the box and causing issues, like like and being able to get back, which is Tybert. I feel uh, sure he's not going to be able to control the ball going up the field or anything like that. But once he's in the box, he can cause a little havoc or something and still not be out of place to run back and because he's got. Legs to go for miles, right? I think we talked about it last week in terms of the the formation, right? Like whether you call it a four four two or four two three one, it's more it's more the makeup of that center center part that determines kind of how they're going to play. Yeah, and yeah, it, so far it feels like Gazal with Russell has been the best. Yeah, I mean, I, I for I, me that. Uh, it's how it, I've it's I've moved to that right now. now. I I was on the Felipe yeah. Tybert bandwagon a little yeah. bit, but Felipe, I think for me. I know a lot of people said Felipe has been bad all year long. I don't think that. I think he's having a really long stretch, unfortunately, at this time where he's not going yeah. well. But Gazal and Tybert are, and I think you got to ride them until you see something else different. Definitely. It, it was a nice little bit of role reversal considering the 3-2 game that the Caps had a couple of years ago down in San Jose. Yeah. When they were two up, David Usted got sent off for ridiculousness yeah. and then... They lost that three two. So, but here no send, no sending offs. They I were know, able to earn their way there. Yeah, and I have, I've got to give a hat tip to my wife who <laughs> yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Uh, I'm on the same boat made as me you. Look really stupid by same saying, boat. "See, they're going to come back," and I mockingly sent a tweet about it that then she said made me look really condescending. And then you said your wife said the exact same yes. thing. <laughs> so, but you really should have the wife presenting the show. I think uh, I invited Caitlin along. She didn't want to come. She's in oh. bed. I was, uh, while you guys were doing all this, I was busy dancing the night, the night away with my wife at a wedding. Oh. So I actually wasn't, well, I didn't watch live, I, uh, but I was following a little bit live and then, yeah. But I found that your tweet's hilarious. That must have been nice to come home to the, <laughs> the, the game, not your wife. Or, well, both actually, because, I mean, she is a lovely lady. Let's move on and delve into the match a little bit by the, the look that Zach just I, gave me. I did, I, did ma- I did make her listen to your joke from last week. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. She, M. She had a she had a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> right, the Caps got themselves in a deep hole very early. 
Yeah, seven minutes in. Yeah. Nice finish by Hiker. Yeah. It was a nice finish. Do you not think it was a nice finish? It was a decent finish. Yeah, it was. It was a it was a poor header from Mond, right? Yeah, well, yeah. it was horrible defending, yeah. but the guy took well, it well. Well, yeah. look, you could break it down even earlier. De Jong, uh, you know, should not have given him that much mm. space to even cross the ball. And first of all, he yeah, should have closed it over. Lima's right? crossing was great. Yeah, Mond's Mon- header out. Like, wait, I, wait, 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 wasn't did you say Lima's crossing was great? It was dangerous. It was in. It was in the mixer. <laughs> I think it was more uh, like, I, I, speculative. I, I've really appreciated Aaron Mon this season. What he what he's what he's brought most of the time. Uh, I just I felt that was more on the cl- the the clearance. I didn't think I don't it think was, it was a moron. I don't think it was that that was more on oh. the clearance. <laughs> um, I, I didn't think the cross was particularly gr- that great. I, it was just an error. In, in I th- I think yeah. he, I, I I like I don't know if he meant to do it, but I felt he should have. Maybe he couldn't even get to that high, but I would have preferred the clearances to be right back at the crosser. Like instead mm-hmm. of crossing it somewhere where you don't even know where anything, you're looking forward, the ball's coming to you, cross it right back out to them. I, so I, you know where everybody got is. got to say my initial reaction was it was a, a poor header out from Mon, but watching it back, he's probably expecting a Whitecaps defender to close that down and then do the additional clearance. I don't know how much power he could actually have got on that from, from his angle. Okay, so maybe it's hard to. It was just it turned out poorly for him. Yeah, didn't make him look good. But then it went. It went over uh, Felipe. Three, three white caps. Yeah, going to ground at the same time. None of them getting near the ball or the man because they were too far. And away. then allowing Heike to hit the ball just a little bit off the ground over all three of them. Yeah. I mean that's ridiculous. Like I, I was prefer, a nice finish, like you guys. I said. prefer one of them to, to be standing up at yeah, least, one so of you can at least walk it. You can't have three of them hitting. No, the deck a lot like of people that. were on Felipe again. Uh, yeah, he was a little tighter to the center. Yep, but he had no again. Once again, no backup from uh, and Christian Tichera because Christian Tichera, if you watch him from before the cross comes in, he's standing there, but he's standing outside the box and just standing there and not moving at all. And then once the ball gets to there, once the clearance goes, then you see him start sprinting. Mm-hmm. But he could have been in that box and covering Haika a little bit better at that point. Well, I, it's, it's, I think it's on a lot of people on that Oh, run. definitely. But it's another goal from the edge of the box as well, which is disappointing. Do you feel Marinovic Inside the box, it? wasn't it? Well, it's on the edge, okay. just, just inside. Okay. Do you feel Marinovic should have got it? I think he should have done better than he did. I think, it, I think probably the three guys sliding in front of him probably put him a little off. He's probably think one of them is going to at least stand or, or up. Or he, yeah. he's thinking, but he's going to deflect, so I don't know which way the ball's going to go once it gets deflected, so maybe he doesn't want to commit to it that more quickly. I don't think it's a heinous error, but yeah, I don't think it's unfair to, to, to feel he, sh- he could have done better. He doesn't seem to have a strong hand. Like when, he, when he's like scrambling to get to the ball and reaching across the goal, he doesn't seem to have... He did in World Cup qualifying. Yeah, <laughs> but we weren't there. That's yeah. Well, I wasn't there. I now <laughs> the second goal, which yeah. uh, eleven minutes later, that was that was w- w- uh, the worst defending than the first one for sure. Because Diong, I don't know what he was doing. He, I don't know if he just you know burnt out his brakes or something or something like that. But he couldn't stop, and he ran right into Hossein. Yeah, Hossein. Yeah, and he should have stopped because Waston was right there. Waston mm-hmm. wasn't going in for the tackle like that. Yep. 
But he just went right he in there. He came from nowhere when you first watched. Well, he kind of did a he was kind of did a crushing back to get in the play. Yeah, and he kind of curled back through the box right at right at the striker. Right away, I it looked to me in the box. Oh yeah, yeah. It's clear penalty. Certainly no no arguments from that. And then two 0 down. It's just Marinovic almost got the penalty. Yeah, he looked looked better on the penalty. He was closer than that. Just needed stronger hands. The rest of the first half, we huffed, we puffed, we couldn't blow any houses down. We couldn't blow the ball into the net. Delivery was poor. We had corner after corner at one stage. It Kai, just wasn't getting any. Oh, Kamara's yeah, miss. Yeah, that was just that, that kind of summed up the, the first half, really. And at half time, I saw no way back. I am a pessimistic bastard at the best of times. I will admit that. But saw no way back. No way, Jose, I said. There was no hope for you, Michael. No hope at all. But what do I know? That's why I'm a pundit, not a no, coach. Well, when, when <laughs> oh, we, that and my ban. We talked during halftime of the, g- of the game, and you were saying, oh, we'll make it a quick show. Yes. We'll, we'll cover yeah, the said, game first. Yeah, we'll just do everything and break the game in the first bit. Maybe just do a couple of seconds. We'll get out of here by 12. Wait, can we still do that? We can rattle through it. That's up to you. No, no, no. It's up to you in part three. Right, second half. It started off with three bookings in the space of two minutes. Yeah. And... I'm thinking, okay, we're going down to 10 men here. Frustrations have boiled over. I, My I, money wasn't Philippe or De Jong. I don't know if it was frustration or maybe they were just trying to get into the game and they were getting a little, like, they probably told, Rob probably told them to get on the front foot. Well, yeah, he, and he, he went did. a little bit, they, oh, they all he went said a, he told them that the base is soft. Yeah, and they went they a little bit too much. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> bit to heart. Um, yeah, I, for, I just double-checked, yeah, part, this is going to be a three-hour show. <laughs> <laughs> well, Philippe got pulled off. Yeah. So so did De Jong. De Jong, yeah. De Jong. I think both of that though was to save I, getting sent off. Yeah, I think. I think. Yeah. Right, but, but I think. I think for De Jong, Felipe was just dreadful. I think De Jong just maybe maybe he's because he, he had a good first half, a little bit more than first half of the season. He's been very solid. Yeah, the last couple of so I think maybe games. he's just worn down a little bit, and they needed he need. That's why Levi's came in a couple of times. Well, that's too. a concern though because yeah. he's not playing well. Brett Levi's can't go more than 70 minutes by the looks of it just now. So then you're looking at Breck Shea, who's got his back injury. Back injury. Are we, are we going to be putting Fonzie back at left back as as our as our best person? And later on, he had one of the best defensive plays of the game. Yeah. He is the best player for every position, save maybe centre back or keeper, though, isn't he? I'd still have him at keeper. <laughs> I would keep Alfonso Davies. And if he's at keeper, he has so much... Uh, Part of the pitch to run. He has more pitch to yes. run up the field. <laughs> Sweeper keeper. Oh, man. That'd be fantastic. Felipe, though, he did get pelters from all sides, it felt. He was poor. This isn't the Felipe that we saw with the Red Bulls. Even in Montreal, he looks like a different player. I know we talked about it before. He came here, he started good. But he doesn't suddenly become a bad player overnight. He says all the right things in the scrums. He gets everyone fired up. And what what's up with him? Why is he just is he just in a slump? Well, again, we talked about it last week. Is is it because he's being asked to do more at the back, and that's not really suiting him, right? Like, it's, he, it's, I think it's, I think that's it. I think he's just out of position of what he normally plays. Yeah, it's like neutering his offensive, you know, prowess and capabilities. He's concerned, I'm, I'm, he's I'm concerned not, about I'm rabbits not, way too much. I'm not. So, oh yeah, that that was a bizarre quote. I'm not. Um, I'm not. Totally sold on that opinion, but I think it's a valid question to be asked. The subs helped. They added a bit of freshness, a little bit of zip. Caps got back to in it. 
two goals in two minutes. First, just before the hour mark, Reina's brought down for a free kick, picks himself up, hits it home. Oh, you, oh. Oh, you forgot the most important part. He pulled up his leg of his shorts. Oh, I never like, even like, noticed uh, that. Yeah, he like did, a certain, yeah, 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 he did that. He pulled it up. Like, like Ronnie. One side, one side only, though, the one he was going to kick from. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And missed that completely. Now, talking about whether Marinovic had done better oh, on the first goal, Tarbell Tarbell should was, never that have awful. let that in. That was awful. The, the problem with that one is it bounced just before it got to him, and I think that threw him completely. And again, that should never go through the wall. No, Michael, that should never go through the wall. Michael, as well. Michael, Michael, is this a keeper making excuses? No, I'm for not a making excuses. I'm just telling, like it, it, he should have gotten it for sure. But that that thing should have gotten should never gotten through the wall. I don't no. know but what the thing is. He wall. got he like you talk about soft hands. He got it. Yeah, he got, he got hands on it. Yeah. I thought, oh, he's he's gonna put yeah. it away, and then somehow it ends up over him and in the net, and yeah. you're like, what? Yeah. I know we're entering the whole if the queen had balls, she'd be the king, and all that territory again, but. Again, he, well, <laughs> it kind of, we've talked about it. Stuff it's, like it this happened before. in the previous hundred episodes <laughs> yes. of the show. If he keeps that out, do the caps get back in it? Oh. Was that oh, our fine th- lines game changer? I think so. You think they'd still got back yeah. in it? No, I, I don't. I don't think they would have. Oh, you don't think? They'd I think that was a major turning point. Then yeah. I definitely think that they they would have. I don't think they would have. I think that was the catalyst. Yeah. I think the halftime. Hey, that, that was. I think ball. the kick up the backside yeah, of the halftime. Yeah. That was the balls on the queen. Yeah, definitely. That is the kind of thing you wish they would video. The Robo losing it, Kai speaking up, giving them the bollocking that they so badly deserved and needed. Clearly, <laughs> and he but, apologized after the game too. That was nice. I'm did. sure we could get someone. Kai oh, did. Kai! Oh, yeah. I'm sure we could get someone to video that. Yeah. Surprised Kai hasn't actually videos <laughs> everything else. But anyway, yeah. So 2-1, Reyna gets them back. Two minutes later, we're back on level terms. Somehow, from nowhere, it's a two-all game. It was a counter, right? Yeah. It was I just mean, a counter, yeah. And like talking of Kai, it was great stuff from Kai. Yeah. Picks the ball up just inside the cap's half. Quickly turns, powers forward, plays into Shera. Great stuff by the, the bug to kind of pull the ball inside, force Kashia to kind of commit himself. Then he's got all Every, the time. And by in the, the world. way, everybody was slipping on that park, and I yeah, think he's that totally was, that was, it, it was reminiscent of Simon a little bit, right? The slide, except for this time, the El Bichu was uh, betting on the guy, thinking he's only going left. Yeah, he's only going left. Cuts back and, and finishes with his right. It was glorious. It was great. And there was two defenders too that could have stopped yeah. it easily, but it luckily got through them as well. And keeps this. Absolutely amazing record going that if the bug scores a goal, the Whitecaps don't lose, which I think you just have to keep him now forever. Although he has to still but score. But he has to still score, yeah. Oh, yeah. What so number was that for this season? I forget now. Six or seven? Yeah, okay. One of that. So six or seven games they haven't lost. Okay, mm. that's good. That, that gets us <laughs> into the playoffs. But the, I, I watched the, the final goal a couple of times, counting the passes, 14 passes. Set up the the winning goal, and yet it was still a long, a long ball that. Played. Yes. No, because well, the thing is, I think they were just beautiful long ball. They were just quality long ball. They were just moving the San Jose around all all over the place, and I think it got them way off their like their formation, and that's yeah. why they were able to spring that one. But Mon- Mon's ball, 
perfectly brought down by Reina as well. Got to give him full credit for a great, that. Great, great run because it completely looked offside. Ray, Reina, like if you, if oh, you think, yes. yeah, it looked offside, yeah. but well, especially Kai, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, Kai was fine because that was a kind of a cutback almost, wasn't it? No, no, not on the goal, but on the ball to Reina. Oh, yeah, see, wasn't yeah. he a little bit further? It did I don't look know. like he was a little. It looked. Bit it ahead. reminded me of like Rude Van Dislore, you know. I'm putting it down to the bad angles. That's we'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the camera angles. Yes. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, but he wasn't touching the ball, so I don't think. It, no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. That was why they. That was one of Rude Van. Nistelroy was one of the players who most benefited from the offside rule changing because you could then be offside in the middle of the field to go out to the wing. You have an advantage, you've gained an advantage, but you're not offside, and then you're wide open in the middle. And this was to me, it was a little reminiscent of that. I mean, we'll talk about kind part too, but he didn't have a great game, ends up with the match winner. It's that's just how football is, but. It was Rayner that made the team tick in that second half. Did you mean to say he had a great game because he had the match winner? <laughs> well, there's that, there's that, there's that viewpoint as well. If you're glass half full or glass half empty, and they need let's to, try and be and, positive. In and, this they, and they needed to play a content warning when he got subbed off too. Yes, <laughs> they needed to play some kind of content warning at that point because he swore. Yes, heavy. Well, okay. N- nothing wrong with that. Solid, as we'll hear in part five. Um, few and maybe part three. <laughs> yes. Oh no, we're going to break Zach in part three, I think. <laughs> a few scary moments as San Jose basically threw everything at the Whitecaps, including Wando. When the third goal went in, the boos that were ringing out from the, the San Jose fans and they were chanting for Wando as well. You've got two good guys up front in Hosen and Vaco, but you've got Wando that's a proven goal scorer, but he's starting on the bench. Should he be starting for San Jose? Does it matter at this time? Because it's like they're, they're be, out of everything. I think he should be at least starting at home and they find a way to get him on the pitch. Um, I can't understand on the away games. That it if does they seem wanna, a waste having him as a super sub. Yeah, if they, if they, if they want to have him as... In a, a way. But, but he's more effective than our super sub. Um, um, but Wait, Eric Hurtado? No, or Breck Shea, super sub. Oh, I think Anthony Blondell. <laughs> no, <laughs> no we but... We have uh, a list. Every, just so everyone... Those are all inverted... Those last two were inverted quotations. Um, but the, I don't know why. It's their real name. But I, I agree with you. I think they should... Like, I, can, I can't understand why he's not starting... Unless he's like... Can't go a full 90 or... Maybe. I, I couldn't. But... No, of course not. I, I'm not a DP though. Although um, I could be because I also have a bad back like Breck Shea. I was just complaining to Zach on the way in. I'm on tablets tonight, so if I'm all over the place, that's why. <laughs> Another reason we have the content warning. Yeah. Anyway, we held on. Had Fonzie's clearance, as you, you talked about, Steve. Yeah, and, and that, 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 was was w- that was Wando there that he got it away from, too. So that would that I feel like if that wasn't clear, that was it. Yeah. Final two questions for this part, then. The, the win against Portland. Was this better than that? We were under the cosh against Portland, but we put in a great defensive effort, came away with a win. Obviously, it's a derby game. This game, we came from behind, fired all over the place, got back and got the three points. It's hard to say that any a, a win away to Portland yeah, it's better. is better. It's better. always better. Yeah, it's always better. But, I guess I went against the worst team in MLS. Yeah. But you've put yourself in a hole. And then right. you and then you think of it, you're the catalyst for their losing streak. That's yeah. Boring. yeah. Now, Looking so forward to talking about that. Now, this four. is the, also the first win in San Jose, right? Yes. yes. Ever. In Not the MLS era. Oh, M- yes. Yes. Yeah, Easy. Ever. <laughs> Nothing. It's like the Premier League. Nothing in England exists before the Premier you'll, League, apparently. You'll offend Willie's corner if you talk like that. Don't want to do that. Last thing, then. What can we take from this? 
Absolutely nothing. Okay. <laughs> and we'll be back. <laughs> it's what, true, though. It's yeah, true. Well, it is. It's like, what half was the real Whitecaps? Was it... Did we really see the Whitecaps? Pretty shit. Can't beat the worst team in MLS. That first half, is that really the Whitecaps? Or was it the second half team that fight to the end, show this unity that Stuart Kerr was going on about and fight for the three points? Or is this a team that can be both Jekyll and Hyde in the same match. I was going to say, or is it oxymoronically both? Yeah, I think it is. I just think this is a team that has so many highs and lows that they can keep showing it in the same games. No, the thing you can take from this is uh, it was a game they should win and they won. And that's why, that's the most important thing. And we're still alive. Yeah. Well, they would have, if they had lost, technically, they would have still been alive too. Yeah, yeah but I'd, I'd already, at halftime, I had planned our end of season show. I had to completely rewrite the schedule for this. But we will be back with some more chat. We're going to hear from the coaches and a lot more after this. Hey, it's Sivan Rinovich and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Chicks dig it. That's who the band was. Calgary Band. They used to be signed with Sub Pop, but this is after that. It's one of their later releases from 2005 with Earthquake. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the earthquakes and other natural disasters. I had a whole line about everything <laughs> when it was half time. The show was going to be called Fault Lines and Pointing Fingers at Things. But no, we're going to be optimistic and positive because this was clearly a, a massively important win. It means nothing, of course, if they were to go to BC Place next Saturday and lose. It, well, and I don't know if it doesn't mean anything, but it definitely nah, would I mean, wipe the slate clean and yeah. put them back to zero, essentially. Right now, they're at a plus three of you know where they should be. I wish our goal difference was at plus three. Yeah, that would be ideal. <laughs> <laughs> it could very easily have been, but uh, but yeah, they have to go and do it on, on Saturday against, against San Jose again. Yet. You've got to think they will, and it's going to be a lot more comfortable. Or are San Jose going to feel well, s- like really slighted well, and just come out all guns blazing with that, nothing to lose? That's the thing. They they look completely dejected after the game, yeah. especially the the three guys they showed on the bench. Um, there was three guys. Yeah, yeah. Th- those guys look. But they were really pissed off. I think like just getting pulled off. Yeah. So so th- those guys look, and so it's either the team's going to come completely like unglued and where they don't believe in the manager at all, and mm-hmm. they just don't show anything, or they're going to say, "Let's get three points away from home because we dropped yeah. three points to these guys." Well, it, I'll talk a little bit about their head coach after we hear from him in a sec. But the, the turnaround. I mean, we alluded to it in the in the first part. Norinsky said they got bollocked at halftime by Robbo. Yeah. Robbo said that he said some words. Kamara spoke up. I mean, is is that what it was down to? Was it just lighting that fire? Or was it the subs? Was it a combination of everything? And why does it need that to make a team play in what was a massive match that they had to win? Yeah, and the thing is also, uh, I don't know if you heard it, but after the game, uh, he mentioned on the radio that he was thinking about making all three subs at halftime too. Oh, no, I never heard Yeah, that. he said that, but then they, they decided to give him that a few minutes. That would have pleased you. 
Yeah, well, they gave, they gave him a few minutes, but it wasn't like no. a, until the 60th. They did it, I think, in the 52nd or something, or 53rd minute when the subs came on. The, the, old, the old Bobby Robson. Yeah. We said this after Portland, that, that that team that was out there, you've got to say, apart from maybe Mond, that was your full-strength team that you would think that the, the Whitecaps are going to be going to the end of the season with on paper. But Portland perhaps showed that the people that we think are their strongest guys are maybe not their strongest guys and vice versa. I don't know. We're going to hear from both head coaches now. We're going to hear from Michael Stara and Robbo. So let's bring you that now. Sorry, obviously visibly upset after that match. Uh, how much does it hurt to be up 2-0 for the first time in six months and suffer such defeat? Of course, we we, uh, we played really well, especially the first 30 minutes. I mean, totally controlled the game. And and um, we talked about in the, in, the, in, the, in the locker room in the halftime to, to continue to score the third one. And then... Um, when we conceded the first the first goal, I think that then we lost everything. Actually, uh, we lost the shape, the the, the power, the, the willingness to, to play, and uh, no. So we lost everything, and I think it was ten minutes or something like that, right? So, no. Um, of course, crazy defeat. To what do you attribute that collapse? Is it mentality? I mean, at uh, probably yes. I mean, there's some men- men- mental thing, of course. That then you, when you consider a goal, and um, you know that's you're facing a, a good opponent. So that's I mean that that happens in a game, right? Sometimes, but you consider a goal, obviously, then you ha- you have to handle that. Uh, so, but we lost everything. We lost we lost the shape. We lost the power. We lost the willingness to play. Um, then they came back a little bit. Uh, then reacted, you know, after the the third goal. But then it was too late, right? But for me, that um, I think we played really well, well first half, and we totally dictated the game at, as planned. So uh, no, um, really hard defeat, that's for sure. Um, yeah. So uh, within the first 20 minutes, you got the two goals, so it looked good. And you, last week, you said you guys had a great half last last week. But then they scored three goals within ten minutes. Yeah. So that rapidly, what what can you say about that? No, of course we have to have to look at at the, at the goals, of course, afterwards in video. But um, I think that's it's more of a mental collapse, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can also you can always, of course, discuss situations or you should handle this situation in that way or. or but uh, for me, that's like it was a mental collapse. So. You guys won today, but it's 13th game in the, your last 16 in MLS where you guys have given up two goals or more. Uh, what do you feel is the difference this year between last year? I mean, obviously, it's like there's lots of things, but are, is there something breakdown at this beginning that needs to be changed around? Or I think if you no, listen, I think you're always trying to analyze the game, and you know, I think um, we spoke a lot last year or the year before about not scoring enough goals, um, so we put a big onus on trying to score more goals. When you do that, um, you know the the quality of players in this league are getting better and better. We know that you you, you know pour more fen- men forward than maybe you would 
if you're trying to keep clean sheets and you expose yourself because good players are able to create spaces. So, you know, I think it's, you know, if you analyse the game today, first half, um, first 20 minutes, I said to the guys, uh, you know, I told them a few home truths at half-time, um, but they actually s- spoke up at half-time as well, including Kai, and they... Um, they admitted that they weren't at the races and um, I raised my voice a little bit in there um, you know that's why I've got a bit of a croaky voice at the moment but they responded great and I believe in them probably more than they believe in themselves sometimes uh, and I can't get my head around that as a player who played for 20 years so they've got to just believe that they are good players because when they produce performances like that and especially in the second half we're just not nice to play against which is a good trait to have what circumstances is effort more important than um, the numbers on the board, if that makes sense? If you don't put the effort in, you shouldn't play football. That's the reality of it. I said the nuts and bolts of the game are run, work, tackle, head, do all the fundamentals in football. You can't just turn up in, especially the way Major League Soccer's going. It's getting better and better each year. We know that. The, the quality of players is coming, coming in and is, is, is crazy. So you have to do the fundamentals and then it'll be you know games will be decided by the better players that's what happens sometimes and you know if you don't do the basics in any sport I'm assuming you know in Canada we're a big hockey uh, it's a big hockey town and hockey country and you know I'm sure they'll say the same things with the wrists and skating and things like that which I don't know too much about but basics are the most important thing because you could tell that they were complacent in that second half the quicks were and that allowed you guys to attack a little bit more well you know I'll, I'll speak about my group obviously Michael um, you know at half time it was probably you know play, uh, a perfect game plan for him um, you know but sometimes you know the managers don't play the game the, the players play the game and 2-0 is a horrible scoreline you know we've been there this year before we've been two goals up and you know sometimes you just got to do the basics fundamentals and hang on we got um, uh, into our groove we got a goal with Jordi's free kick and you, you sense the confidence rise and three goals in nine minutes uh, shows how dangerous we can be on the road as well so uh, we're really pleased obviously I'm sure they'll be disappointed in there um, but they, they played really really well in the first 25 minutes they deservedly be two goals ahead you know it's two mistakes by us we know that but um, probably it was an entertaining game for a neutral if there was any neutrals out there you guys took three yellow cards pretty early there in the second half. The score is t- still 2 nothing. Were you concerned the team was self-destructing or was that perhaps the no. catalyst the team? No, I, th- I thought we were soft in the first 20 minutes. I thought they won every second ball. Um, goals is, usually comes down to a mistake or, or people switching off or not winning y- your battles. I thought they won every second ball. They won every header. They wanted it more. Uh, and that's a big concern. No team of mine wants it you know, I, I don't want to be outfought and out-battled, as you call it. Um, so I said to my half-time, the fundamentals, I don't mind losing a game. Losing games of football happens, but you don't go under and you don't give in and you don't be soft. Uh, we're in professional sports here. We're in big boy world. Um, so you've got to roll your sleeves up and, and fight. And we did fight. We showed a little bit of fight. The subs made a big impact in the game. You know, at 2-0, you're always you know, gambling, trying to, trying to throw an extra forward on. And we just tweaked it slightly with Nico coming on with the energy and then Ali. And obviously then Eric coming on as well because Kai had a tight hamstring. But sometimes you get him right and sometimes you don't. The gaffers there, upbeat Robbo, Eeyore, 
I think was possibly doing the press conference for San Jose. Yeah. I don't oh, mean I don't mean he's an ass. I, I just, I, saw, just that movie. He signed it really. I saw that movie this week. It's pretty good. Oh yeah, my wife wants to really go and see it, so hopefully we'll it's go and def- see that. Definitely soon. worth it. You're no the Christopher Christopher Robin. Robin. Oh right, yeah, sorry. But yeah, Stara. He talked about the third goal being key. Once the Caps got it, he said that San Jose just lost everything: shape, power, willingness to play. Twice he said that in, in that brief Willingness segment. to live. <laughs> I didn't. I shouldn't joke without that. But yeah, it was it was it was pretty sad. Yeah, it, clearly it was a, a crucial goal in the grand scheme of things. For us, though, I mean, if it if it mentally killed them, mentally for us, never just mind this game, just moving yeah. forward. That should be a huge mental boost for the for the whole squad. But but they've had think these that they after have, Portland going yeah. into TFC. Well, they had that after the New York game. Uh, in NYCFC mm. uh, away game that they felt like that was going to be a boost. Um, so they've had they they the Whitecaps have plenty of these uh, like big moments, and but they haven't have been able to capitalize it. Not saying that they lose games after these moments, but they just they disappoint the way they give up a goal or so. And I know you can argue that the TFC game was midweek, so they didn't have all the rest and stuff. But if if they don't come out. On Saturday, all guns blazing and ready just to rip San Jose a new one. It's going to be a massive disappointment. Yeah, yeah they definitely. You, you guys were talking about this a little bit. They they cannot be complacent. No, there's no, no. there's no room for this. Needs to be there's like no room a, for error. As Robbo said, banana skin, things moving mysterious ways, all that stuff. They, I don't they, know what they, was uh, up with the quotes on Friday. It's they very were weird, very weird. Maybe it's the smoke that got to them. Possibly. Yeah. Um. I think they they need to come out like the way they came out against them in the playoffs. Remember that? Oh, oh another uh, five now would so be wonderful. It doesn't even have to be five. It could be three one or five two because they'll probably give up two goals. Uh, but oh, yeah. uh, I mean that, that's a given. But but it has to be some something like that where they comfortably win. They can't be like tight and maybe make up some ground on that goal differential. Was it you that suggested the Cats should have a handicap? Oh, just give up the two goals yeah. and see how they do for the 90 so, minutes? Someone mentioned that to me. <laughs> no, I don't remember that at all. That sounds like something you would say. <laughs> I was going to make a break schedule, but uh, I, we'll, we'll just move quickly on. Um, he started sounding like a broken man there. He, he's Wait, fought, what? He sounded like a broken man. No. You didn't think he did? No. He could be, it could be just because he's Swedish. I think you're reading things into that. Uh, Maybe he sounded... Pretty down to me. Maybe all Swedes sound like that. Well, yeah. When I spoke to him early in the year, he was very melancholy. There you go. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's just. Maybe it's just him. Maybe it's not even all Swedes. Maybe it's just him because Ibra doesn't sound like that. I I'm gonna I'm gonna bring him something from IKEA for next Saturday. We'll get you to take that to him after the game, Steve. (laughs) Cheer him up. Built or unbuilt. Well, the way that he built the squad, I don't fancy him building, yeah, be building anything from Ikea it for very well. <laughs> but he's 43. He came to MLS with 10 years coaching experience, which is it's not bad. Yeah. Most of it was in Sweden. He did have a, a two-year spell in China. He's won three cups in Sweden with two different teams. He's won the, the Ausfen scan, which I actually thought was um, an Ikea table. But it turns out it's the top flight of, of Swedish football. That was with AIK. But I just thought this was a strange appointment. When San Jose made it, it just seemed really kind of out of the blue. I, it just seemed a weird one to me. And nothing's nothing's happened this year to make me change that opinion. I know you don't make a lot of managerial changes really quickly in MLS. Folk do tend to get a bit of time. 
But is, is his job on the line? You have if, to think if, so. If he has, like, and it seems like, like, if they don't really, uh, they, they're not going to make the playoffs 100%, obviously. Uh, they might be even eliminated by now. But the, right now, they're on a pace for a historically bad, the, one of the worst seasons in yeah, MLS. even worse than Whitecaps' inaugural season, I yeah, think, possibly. possibly. But, uh, but Was that 21? Was that as high as that? No, they're at eighteen. We'll the they're at eighteen right no, now. No, I know, but the Whitecaps that first year were twenty one. I can't remember, but but they're yeah. on pace. If that happens, then they might just let them go. Well, you saw the crowd yesterday. They're um, not. They weren't there. Officially, the crowd was what sixteen thousand and something. There's no way that no. they were in the stadium unless, unless they, they were behind the, the camera side. Yeah, because yeah. that bit, lovely biggest outside bar in North America. That's what you want when you're watching a team like San Jose. Yeah, you've been there, right? It's across. I've not been to the new one. I've oh. been to Buckshaw twice. I've not been to. Vaya. I've been to Buckshaw once. I've been there once. I it's, liked Buckshaw. There was something unique about Buckshaw. I mean, but it did not scream um, major as in major. No, thing. but but no. there was something nice about it. But this place, be it's just across from an airport is not super enjoyable. And no. and these U's, I do not understand why there's any desire to build a stadium as a U. I just I I don't understand why people keep doing this. It it does look smart though. I think I think it looks a nice stadium. It's it's okay. I hope to. I I keep hoping that the the Caps are going to have a, a weekend when they're down there and the Niners are at home on the Sunday, but it's not. not it's never worked, worked out, out for you. No. Oh. But yes, yeah, Stara. A lot of a lot of. European managers do come to MLS and they struggle, and it's easy to kind of point that that's maybe or they get released a or they of, get released early. Yes, after what, three uh, months, <laughs> eleven games, twelve games. It's easy to say that that's maybe why Star is failing, but there's there's definitely other factors in San Jose. But should this be a warning to the Whitecaps when they're looking for a new boss? That because folk have said, "Oh, go and bring in a wait, wait what." I, I'm sorry to break that to you. I know you're really good friends with Robo. <laughs> what? But I think you might need to find a new friend next year. <laughs> but, I mean, it's got to be a warning I, not I, to focus and go and get a top European I think, manager. I think I have a new Scandinavian friend already. <laughs> we'll, oh. talk, we'll talk about him later in the show. Oh, okay, interesting. But I, whoever comes in, I want them to have some North American, preferably MLS experience. Or do you not feel that matters anymore? Well, if somebody comes in, you have to put that in there because they never when know. When somebody comes yeah. in. No, it, this whole you have to be from MLS to whatever, I think there's been enough guys who've done, like, it, it, to me, there's no guarantee either way, right? Yeah. Like, I agree with that. I guess if you've got an assistant that knows the league that can help you out. Yeah, you need you need strong assistants yeah. if you're going to Or someone that knows all the, the rules inside out, like a Greg Anderson type figure that the White Caps You mean Tommy Sohn? That's who, that's what yeah. about Tommy Sohn. Tommy. Yeah. Right, let's get back to the, the Whitecaps. We've talked enough about San Jose. Robo said there, and he said on the radio show as well, that the, the players need to believe that they are good players, and he just doesn't know why they don't. <laughs> do you maybe think that's Sorry, because... I'm I'm, I'm, there's a reason I'm giggling and you're about to say it. Yeah, do you maybe think that's because he keeps telling them that they lack quality? Oh, it's not telling them, oh, but no. he's telling everybody else. Oh, they're going to hear that. Yeah. I mean, he has said what? a few times this year that the... the Team now, quality. whether whether the this is a message for somebody that that's the reason why they're saying it, he's I'm still sure it's like, it is. yeah, but he's still saying it. Yeah. And no matter what, they he, have to play at their levels. Yeah. They're not as good as these other teams. The is players, basically what he's saying. Yeah, and the players are I, human, and they will, even though they're told 
this, they might be told this is a message for somebody else, they're still going to believe it no. in the back of their you, mind. You guys think the players are stupid, apparently, because the players totally mm-hmm. understand what that com- what that communication is about. And it's about, yeah, it, it, no, it's about, it's the us against the world mentality. Yeah. And it, and it, I think it carries through from the squad and the coaching staff to, to the FO of you are not using the designated player spots and the way you're using them is more than questionable. Yes. So we don't have we don't have some of the types of players that other teams have. It's, it's it's not as sinister as you're making it sound or as I don't think is it and I don't think it's at all demoralizing to the players the way you're you're thinking it. No, is. and I, we talked last week I like the whole us against the world and it worked really well for Scott Pilgrim. So I mean if it can work for him it can work for it's the for the White Caps. Movie, there is no getting away though from the fact that the Caps would be sitting comfortably in the western standings if they could defend for shit. And they can't. It doesn't matter who's in there. We're sick of talking about this, so we're not going to go into that aspect of it. They've scored the fourth most most goals in the West. 43 goals. And they've still got, what, eight games to go? Yeah. They're on course with the rate that they're going for an all-time scoring record. That's the seventh highest in all MLS for goals. It might not feel like it at times, but I feel the attack is good. But it's the defence that is absolute garbage. And nothing is is changing. So we have to no, score at least three goals a game. Put that three or wrong. Some, I'm not saying it's good, but something has changed. The, in goals have in, the goals have increased. The goals, sorry, the goals for have increased. Unfortunately, the goals against have also increased. We talked about this a lot before. One interesting thing that came out that came out that came up this week, and we don't know how long this is, or this is something that just came out of the blue. It, it, and we talked about it in the past. Okay, the makeup of the back line and DMs and keeper this year are, are different, right? Um, and what, how does that impact Watson's partner not being Parker? Osted not not being there and not being the verbose yelling person at the back, and then the DM also looking different with Lava going and all that kind of stuff. One of the things that came up this week was all of a sudden, uh, you know, it was a picture of David Osted with a cast on. Yeah, and his he's had some kind of elbowish type. Yeah, surgery. Out for six weeks, I believe it is. Is that all? Yeah. Okay. He's not going to get Hamid's the starter. So oh, exactly. He's not getting. So they brought Bill back. Hamid in because yeah. when they brought Bill Hamid in, everyone was like, "What's going on?" Well, this is what was going on. They were getting ready for yeah. David Osted to have surgery. I wonder how. I wonder how long that. I wonder if that was a, a longer term issue thing. I don't know. If, if I if I was a betting man, which I am, <laughs> my money is on Osted leaving DC at the end of this season. Yeah, and I would. Put my money on him ending up in Cincinnati. Oh, I think. Oh, so. I wouldn't be. Surprised. I think somebody called it last week. I wouldn't be surprised. Was that you, Steve? Yeah. It was yeah. Me. Okay. Yeah, it, it looks very likely. Alan knows him. Maybe even bring Marius in. I don't pa- know. Palm knows him. Yeah, it would make complete sense. The defense, though, Henry had his operation this week after his wall punching incident. Oh right. Hmm. He was never going to make it. Rosely was touch and go. He was never going to. He shouldn't be touching anything after an operation on his wrist. Yeah, and but I he was think never going to be back. It's unfortunate. I think that probably played a part into why he played so poorly against TFC in the second yeah. game. Yeah, that it just yeah. maybe his pain tolerance was just too. It wasn't high enough for what C- he could was. be. Yeah, yeah I, the OSED thing. I just wonder. I wonder if they knew. So, like, I wonder how long this has been an issue. Oh, the injury. Yeah, well, maybe. I I think you've got to give Aaron Mond. The start beside Kendall just until he makes a really bad mistake. I mean, Aha should be fit pretty soon, maybe even this weekend. I don't think he's two weeks ago. He said he was two weeks away, so 
No, but I think Mond has been solid. I think that I, one. I'd, I'd keep Mond. He, he, he had that one mistake of the clearance. Other than that, I think he's been very. It was very good against San Jose. Yeah, you don't want you don't want to. I don't think you want to start Aha like the first game he's ready. No, or the first well, game it's he's against San Jose. Sorry, the first though. game he's ready. He's, no, but you need to win. Like you know, I I don't think they. I don't think they. Maybe you can go to start, Fresno. They don't start him right away, and like you said, they don't start Daniel mm-hmm. right away after surgery either. Go, so go I think Aha is safe, or go. not Aha. I think Mond is Mond. safe. Talking about centre backs, got a tweet here from Spice Boy One, who said, "What was Watson thinking with his flying elbow at towards the end? Like the one he clattered Mond with. He was also very close to hitting the ball and giving away a penalty." It's he says, "Bad enough his follow through bloodied Mond. He could have given away another penalty, or worse, connected full force into the head of Wando. It did seem quite reckless." I, I missed that. Isn't, I, isn't I, I noticed Michael, that. I heard about that. But I didn't isn't Michael that. McCall response three points? What? All that all those matters they got. Oh yeah, points. yeah. I know. Queen balls king. Uh, <laughs> Angus Walker. He says Felipe is a central midfielder, central mm, attacking midfielder. Definitely. He's an option for Reina. You've got to stick with Rusty and Gazal now. Maybe even much when he's fit. Much if he's fit. Is he ever going to be fit? Again? No. If 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 much was fit, I would even put him with either Tybert and Gazal because he would be the ideal guy to be that kind of link from. Front to back, mm. and he can he can redistribute the ball from the back. I think, yeah. Whenever much is ready, whether he can help in these final few games or in, in the in the potentially in the playoffs, he could be like and he could be an ace in the hole kind of you know kind of kind of thing. But you can't again. I don't think you can just throw him in right away. I think you. Oh gotta, no, you no, gotta, no, no. Whenever he's ready, you got to bring him in slow yeah. and slowly. I do. I would agree with uh, Angus, which I don't often do. I don't think, but I would agree with Angus in terms of uh, you. You need to go with Gazal, Rusty, uh, and and uh, Jordy in front of them. Yeah. Ooh, the ice cream man has paid us a visit. He also paid a visit to Kai Kamara. Let's see what he likes to lick. So, okay, it's a hot day. We do have these in Vancouver, believe it or not. It's not always raining. What would be your ice cream flavour of choice? Oh, um, is it in a cone or in a cup? Whatever you want. Okay, uh, if I'm having it in a cone, I'm definitely going with some vanilla ice cream. But if I'm having it in a cup, I might get something with maybe vanilla caramel mixed. Nice. Yes. Ice cream man. Ice cream man. Ring your bell. Kai Kamara there. I, I, vanilla caramel, it's one of my favorites as well. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. And it was Tim Parker last week? Yes. So Tim Parker was on last week talking about going to Dairy Queen. Well, this uh, I was uh, getting Orange Julius uh, and I saw at Dairy Queen they have, they should have just called it the Tim Parker because it was Reese Peanut Butter Cup with Reese's Pieces and I think Caramel for Kai Kamara uh, all in one blizzard. It's like the blizzard of the month or something. That sounds quite nice. Yes. Let's 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 go there after this. Anyway, Kai Kamara, six goals now in his last seven matches. Good return. Rich Reina form. Eleven. Rich eleven, form. eleven league goals. I think yeah. so. And yep. he must have three, four other like yep. cup goals. And you were hoping, like I think at the beginning of the year, I was saying that if he gets about fifteen, that would be a good, solid return for a year 
from Kai Kamara. Yeah, I had him as golden boot winner of all of yeah, MLS. Yeah, you kind but of over. I think I didn't. I think you underestimated Josef yeah, Martinez. Martinez. Yeah. Has, has Addy scored in USL yet? <laughs> no, but he did start their their last game, but he didn't score. He seems to be playing. He seems to be enjoying playing well with Reina anyway, which makes you think Reina. He's maybe been misused as as a number ten and a second striker role is really what he should have been the whole time. Yeah. We seem to be getting the best out of him now. Kamara this week was provisionally named to the thirty five man roster for Sierra Leone's African Nations Cup qualifier. So congrats to him. Also congrats to Ali Ghazal, who was called into Egypt. The Pharaohs. Yeah, for the first time in, in four years. Fourteen hundred plus days. Yeah. yeah. Well, likely lose Kendo as well. And they got a new coach. That's why it happened, right? Basically, yeah. Is is he? Is they are they doing a thirty-five man roster too, or are they are they got their no, roster I think, set I think down? He's just in, we haven't had the Canadian roster either. So K- Kendall, the they're playing Japan, and I'm pretty sure Kendall's going. Yeah, but I think they're playing. The bad thing is they're playing Japan in Japan. Yeah, a lot of travel. So last bit for this section. One thing I just wanted to finish up with, with talking about is there was a lot of transition in the off season, and a lot of new players were brought in. And in the off-season, you bring these new players in because you're strengthening the team. Look at that starting lineup yesterday. Only two of that 11 were the players that were brought in. One being Kamara, one being Felipe, and Felipe was dreadful and got subbed off. Surely that's part of the White Cats problem. We're not building properly. We're not strengthening properly in the off-season. Even the subs that came on. Yeah. It was all guys that that's been here before. Well, well Gazal came at the end. Of yeah, last but he was year. still here. It was. It's not that he was a, a an addition in the off season. The four guys that weren't brought on were the guys that were brought in. So, I, I think we've got to improve in this rebuilding and in our strengthening in the retooling. Kind yeah. of. it's just yeah. it's it's letting us down big time. And they need to improve. Like like the thing that baffled me in the and it, maybe it was just a matter of happenstance or. I felt like they were strong at holding midfielder because we saw Gasol, what he did last year at the end of the year. He was decent. We thought he was a good replacement for Falaba. Yep. We thought Ty- Noza. We thought Tybert was there. Um, and then, and then we, and obviously one guy was going to, there'll probably be one guy, in, but then they, all, they ended up bringing uh, Juarez and then Felipe and then Much. And then they, they had Norman signed. We thought he yeah. would get some minutes, but he, he didn't get he, anything. He did well preseason as well. Yeah, and got so plaudits against LA. But, but they're so they're so deep in one position, and that would make it lacking for going forward because they don't have those attackers going forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you really, if you want to analyze, it, you need to go through everyone and whatever. But like uh, quickly, I think that. Yeah, I think that even those who brought those players in would look and say, yeah, okay, these number of these people haven't worked out, right? Like when you're bringing in players in that range, it's more hit and miss than the higher you go up, right? Yeah. The, the more you, you – I mean, you, it's, the, that's something we'll quality. look at in the next part, recruitment right. and just what the White Cats mandate should be. But just to wrap this bit up, the win was huge. We're still very much in the playoff hunt and – it might be getting to the stage now where we've got no room for error at all, but we're still there, and that's all you can ask for at this stage of the season, to still be in with a shot of making the playoffs. That's all you can ask for? Really? Right now. What would you ask for, Zach? No. Actually, let's come to that in part three. We'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. I'm just looking for a party. 
music they play Beer bottle lids used as ashtrays We'll make some enemies in the kitchen Because we don't care Whose booze we're drinking There's a fire in my soul like a better out Friends of the show, Art Brute there with their new single, Wham Bang Pow, Let's Rock Out. Will they listen to the show? Well, I'm friends with Eddie Argos, the lead singer on Facebook, so I I take that as friends of the show. Plus, we've played two of their songs in in Wavelengths. Anyone that's song gets played in Wavelengths becomes a friend of the show. Someone else that's a friend of the show... Bobby Leonard Uzi. Wait, what? <laughs> Might not be Zach's friend, but we, Steve and me like him, don't we? I, I, yeah. I, I like genuinely, I've got a lot of time for Bobby, and I know he gets a lot of stick and a lot of abuse, but I I don't know how much power Bobby actually has in the, in the grand scheme of things. To me, he's somebody that's like the figurehead, this person that, he's the guy that takes the brunt of everything because he's the guy that's speaking to the media all the time. Yeah, okay. How responsible is he for the mess the White Caps are in? He, okay. I'm not he's, saying he's completely innocent or, or blameless. No, this this uh, thing which I've heard you and other people talk about recently of, oh, he really doesn't have... He is the one who brought Greg Kerfoot in. If you you got to read... If you haven't, you should read his autobiography. Oh, not, I not have, for yeah. the, Not for the quality, but just for some... Uh, like, there's a couple of tidbits of information in there that are interesting. But no, he he's the one who brought Greg Kerfoot in, and and Greg Kerfoot is not going anywhere, and not and will never be a public figure. That's the conversation we could have maybe another time. Um, but I, I've got him coming up in the show in the bye week. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Which basically could be just me doing an impression of somebody, and no one would be any the wiser. No, but the, the, the problem the, the, the problem is. Uh, people who say he has no power. He is the only, he is the one who brought these people in and he is the one who has built uh, a network of people who all they, all they do is uh, protect each other. And that's all I'll say for now. Another time we'll have a, we'll, we'll share a, a deeper story maybe another time of, of, of what that has looked like and how that has played out. And that's what they do. Whenever there's a problem, they circle the wagons and make sure each other is safe and then deflect and put the blame on other people well, or I spread the blame. Com- commonplace though in all businesses. And it's like, I, I know from football clubs in the UK where you've got boards of directors and ones that I've dealt with in the past, that's what they do. Right. So that's I'm not that, saying but, that's right, but, but that that's only what that's only does. that's only one element. Obviously, their approach. Uh, this is to me is I think the bigger thing that has more has traction with more people is the approach they've chosen to take in is not fitting of the football club and is not fitting of what people in the in the community long for, and they have failed to to recognize that and or they failed to I think fully acknowledge that or they've said we know better. And they've proven that they don't, they don't know better because they have done such a poor job at actually um, captivating uh, a football, the ethos of a football club, that it is this community thing. They've treated it like it's ours, we know what we're doing, and you can pay us for it instead of it being a community thing that people feel a part of. And and so yeah, all all they I, all I they care about well all they care about is selling world. tickets and ma- and making money or not losing money or making money. That's all. That's all they care about. In an ideal world, that is what I want for a football yeah. club. And you'll get and you'll in get North it. America. 
in MLS, I don't think you can have that when you've got owners. I mean, we paid what thirty-five million, but when you've got these guys coming in playing over a hundred million, you're, of course they're going to run it as a business. No, but and that's the, the great thing. That's all you have for right now. A new dawn is coming. Yes, and the, and the Canadian Premier League uh, is is yeah, a new. I, op- hope, is I a, hope to see those clubs exactly what you're yeah, saying. A new opportunity to do things. Uh, to do things, I think the yes. way football clubs have been set up around the world, obviously with a I would lo- love with that fan history. ownership, everything like that. So yeah, Bobby was on TSN Radio on I think it was Wednesday, Tuesday, yeah, Wednesday, it was Wednesday, Wednesday. Wednesday yeah. two hours for Presidents Week. Yeah. Jeff Mallet hopped on as well, and Steve, you and me thought it, it was good, entertaining, and I, we I got th- things out of it. Yeah, I Z- thought, Zach didn't. I thought there was definitely some information that yeah. was. Zach tweeted it wasn't worth. even worth listening to. Yeah. I I honestly disagree with that because. We're very involved with the club, so we're in the loop. We get told lots of stuff. For the the average fan, they're going to have heard a lot of stuff on that that they're not going to have heard before. People that weren't at the town hall meeting. People that don't listen that to this stuff. show. Yeah. <laughs> is, is there people that don't listen to this show? Well, we don't know because they won't have heard us say this. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So what, like, I, I, I genuinely thought it was a good two-hour show. I enjoyed it. Okay, you thought it was good. Okay, okay that, let's, that's, not, that's let's, not, let's, let's not let's not get into this, please, because we're just going to waste time. Let's talk. Let's talk about exactly what he said instead of Mary, because we know okay. your we know what your opinion is, Zach. Right. We know what our opinion is. That's fair enough. Let's not bring that up again. So, first of all, uh, what he talked about, Alfonso Davies. He talked about the money is going back into the first team of development. He then didn't specify. How much? No, he did kind of confirm that the the lump sum up front was thirteen and a half million. Yes, and then, but then, um, uh, as you said, Jeff Mallet hopped on. Now, Jeff Mallet seemed to specify a little bit where he said they're going to see how much they spend on the uh, on the first team, and then, uh, uh, but they don't want to qualify how much because it might be less on the first team and more on the development once they figure out how much they're going to yeah. spend on the first. So, they, first team's going to. There's no way they can put a figure on it because no. folk. Like Zach will hold them to that figure. Yeah. So, but they said it's going to be around a 50-50 split. But yeah. they, it could be give or take a million Which here, a million there. Is a bit disappointing. Jeff yeah. Jeff, uh, Jeff Mallet uh, did even worse than I think Bobby did on, did on the show. And in fact, Jeff Mallet I think said things that Bobby was probably sitting there being like, "Why are you saying?" I I didn't write them down, but at the time I was just like, "Why are you saying some of these things?" Transparency. No. no. <laughs> No, but but uh, that's all. That's my recollection of Jeff Jeff Mallet. He he was just sp- spinning and selling, and uh, there was like there was a couple things. I was just like, Bobby's probably listening to this, being like, Jeff, don't say that. I don't know. Bobby has said to me in the past. He says things in interviews that when he goes back, they're like, What did you say that for? Oh, I'm sure. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, the, the Davies money. I would like to see more than a fifty fifty split. I would like to see two thirds in the first team, a third in on development. Yeah. But they did say development could be things like more scouts, yeah. more we're, like a technical director brought in to oversee all the academies. Working with working with more than one agency. Working with one more than one agency, I'm sure we'll come to that in a bit as well. Um, more academies putting money into that. Uh, he, Bobby said the club hasn't done well, as well as they would have liked when it comes to developing players. He talked about players being given chances and not grasping them, which I would take umbrage with, but we'll come to that in a sec. But it's good that at least they know that the the last 10 years, what they have produced from the residency into first-team players is terrible. Oh, yeah. And it's It's good to hear them say that. It's atrocious. Yeah. It's good to hear them say that, but it's not good that that is, is 
the end result. For me, it's, it's how they want to do this because if, if we're spending, say, 50% of the Davies' money on development, they have to get a far better return than they're doing now. And they have to show that they are capable of spending this money to get the return. But spending money in the academy does not guarantee the return. It's what the first team coaches and the whole philosophy of the club do when the players sign to MLS. But they just gutted the middle of that whole setup. Oh, yeah, totally. So, And this whole, hey, we're going to have a touring team, that's... uh, that, Although I, be, I do believe there's a bit of a stumbling block in that, in that the MLS players union might not be able to play in this touring team because of the the MLS CBA. Yeah. So that's something that's getting kind but, of. But even just even now. so, that that's a bit of like a stopgap or. Well, just, it's not ideal at all. No. It, it's it's a stopgap until I think they can loan players to the CPL. One thing that I don't I uh, sorry I was setting something up. I don't know if you mentioned this, but he, about the 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 development side of it. He said he did mention when asked um, that the, the none of this money is going to whatever's been spent before. Yes. So he's yeah. not he's yeah. not paying down any kind of debt or anything. It's going to be new yeah. stuff. Not that going comes in up. the training yeah. center and all and all that stuff. So that's good. That was important that they said that. Yeah. But the, there's no way that that they'll ever be able to prove that because the because there's no open books, right? Because there's no uh, the, no one will be able to, be able to know if they well, actually do the thing, that or not. Because you don't really know what Bayern's given, so you can't break anything up or break anything down. You'll see what's been no, spent but, on the first team. But you know, but, but no, but you know, thirteen and a half million's been given. Yeah, right. And and, and I'm pretty you sure you should be able to see some stuff on the development yeah. side. And, but I know, for I'm example, sure. they could sign a player and say, "Oh, there's a transfer fee undisclosed." So then you don't know how much of that thirteen and a half has gone to that transfer fee. So it's it's going to be hard to yeah. have clear, transparent expenditure of that. But you got to think though, in terms of getting more money, they're gonna they're gonna trumpet it. If they are not, then MLS is going to make them right. Like if they end up getting the full twenty-two million because of all the add-ons, mm-hmm. you—that's going to be a story for MLS. That MLS is going to say, "We don't care if you don't want people to know you got this money. We're yeah. telling the world because it's good for us." Yeah, but the, the club need to look at what the mandate for the coaches, whether it's Robo, whether it's a new coach, whoever is the coach next year, the mandate has to be that they. They integrate the young players far better than they have just now, and and they and they and they will do that as long as they have more top end players. You can't. They've wasted so many talents. No, what I'm saying is like what I'm saying. Five years. Yeah. Well, one of one of my biggest issues with that is not only that they're not grasping it. Some of these players are playing in positions that yeah. they shouldn't be playing. Bustos playing out wide. Uh, How, Froze playing out wide instead of playing a box to, to box. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and the thing is that obviously, and we know that he went on to Oklahoma City. I think this week, yeah, scored his first goal and scored his first goal and scored his first goal. Yeah, took and his play, shirt off, playing in the middle, ripped. playing in the middle yep. near the box, which is where he should be playing, which is where he should have played when he was playing with the Whitecaps, backed up by Tiba Harris at center back. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, yeah. I, the, the, this is this is a huge conversation in, that in part we've had where we've had elements of it before, anyways. Um, Michael, this is part of the problem is that they say publicly, we want to be about developing new players. We, therefore we obviously want our coaching staff to develop new players, but the reality of the other side of that is if the new coach doesn't win the new coach or sorry, if any of the coaches in the history of the club don't win, then they don't stay here. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that, that is a problem all coaches face because you have to win to keep your job. No, but unless this is what I'm talking about. The mandate. 
So if they bring in a new coach, let's for argument's sake, let's just say it's a new coach. So they bring the new coach in, they sit Mark DeSantis down, and they say, <laughs> or whoever, but you sit the new coach down and you say, okay, we want you, th- th- this is what I feel they should be doing. We've got Theo Bayer, Mike Holbell, DeSimo, Simon Coline, David Norman. We want these guys to and get minutes. Yeah, Sean Melvin, even Meyer Bevan. We want these guys to get minutes. We don't want them to get minutes in a team when you're changing six players out because it's or all or all eleven yeah, sometimes, like the Voyagers Cup. Yeah. yeah, we what we want you to do is set them up to succeed. So when you're making two or three changes, yeah. and you put them in yes. or a couple of changes. For, for example, like say we had Matty Laba here. Yeah, Matty Laba was in. It's like okay, let's put David Norman beside Matty Laba, yep. so he's beside the best. Yeah, let's put Theo Bear beside Kai Kamara, so he's learning from a veteran. Let's That's, if you're putting Bustos in there, put Bustos next to uh, Tachera and next to Davies, uh, uh, yeah. Davies or something like yeah. that. With Kamara in front and and a couple of solid center backs holding midfielders behind them. Yeah. That's what they need. But they also need to do like clubs like SKC, Dallas, New York Red Bulls. That's what they do. But they they have young guys on the bench regularly. Yeah. So if they're a couple of goals up or a couple of goals down, they throw them on for five, ten minutes. And it's and, and we, they give them that run out and that experience. We've never done that. Why do we know that they have, do this? It's because when they come into town and we see who the hell are these yes. players, we have to search them up and we find out they're homegrown players. Yeah, and you watch a lot of them and they commentate. It's like, oh, this 16-year-old, he's great yeah. in his first start. And you're like, wow. You're, you're Okay, so Michael. That's you, an ideal world again. Michael, I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. But that takes leadership and vision, and yes. that's what the, that's what they have not. That's what the football committee has not done. Because publicly, they've come out and said, "We want to be about developing new players," but they're like, "But if we lose, you lose your job." But how do you, how do you know that for a fact? How do you know that they didn't say to Cal Robinson this year, "We want you to get David Norman minutes. We want you to to integrate Simon Coline into the team." Okay, I'll go. And he's chosen not I'll, to because he knows his you, job's go on the line. And, go and ask him that, on or off the record, and see what he says. Okay. I, 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 I don't know for a fact, but I can almost guarantee you that's what he'll, what he'll say. That's what they need to do. And, okay, if they haven't done that up to now, this is what they need to sit down with a new coach and say, this is our new vision. It's not all about results for your first year. If you do this and you bring these players along and we don't make the yeah. playoffs, but we've done well and we've seen improvement in these guys, you're safe. Yeah, that's I, what they I have think, to tell a coach. I, I, I think there would be a segment of of the of the fans and supporters and whatever that would be okay with that. Yeah, there if would they, be a segment that if would, they knew that, that that's yeah. what it is. But see, this is part of the problem with the front office, with the football committee. Michael is they say things that don't have meaning or aren't fully true. So when they stand up, when Bobby stands up and says, "We want to be like Ajax," then they don't do a whole bunch of things that Ajax actually does to be Ajax. Right? That's a huge, huge problem. A huge problem yeah, and they, shows they, a lack of leadership. They have to change because they have failed their young guys over the years. Yeah. Totally, totally. And from can, top can, down. Yeah. From can top we, down. And can we go back? I know you mentioned it yeah. before. And we, and we again, we have discussed this in the past before. But when you look at the players who have come through the residency program, there are so many of them, as you mentioned, Michael, who were top talents at their age level. Yes. And the fact that they failed to make the breakthrough here is sad and, shro- and yeah. shocking. And it's not all down to the club because some of them, like Caleb Clark, he's now at UBC. I watched him on Friday night. Looks a shadow 
of what he was when yeah, he was playing well, against youth but the guys. problem is but the problem is there is there obviously are outside mitigating circumstances yeah. there and then he just couldn't get on track after that once you once you kind of slow your developing you can't just put it back that, on that pace that is the problem with I, but there are also lots team. of guys who are keep they're, they're still fighting yeah, yeah there's there's a couple of guys like for example the, I, I think the two best examples of success and I know one was be, one left because he wanted to leave and actually both want to go to Europe Sam Adekube, he played left back, his natural position, and Alfonso Davies, who played wing, his natural position. Other players like Russell Tybert haven't been able to find it because they keep switching him around all the time. You need to get well, some kind Russell of Russell Tybert was fluidity. was a guy who played behind a striker to yeah. as an attacking midfielder when yeah. he was in the residency. But that, yeah, but no, I I agree with you. There there are you talk about guys who want to leave, leave or whatever who've still made like Simon Thomas has yeah. gone and made some like you know made a, a really good. Uh, go go of things for himself in uh, where is it now? Norway. He's in now so. and um, he's still out there. I know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what his. I don't know. He's center in, backs develop a little bit later, yeah, and he's, so he's still got time to he's, develop. He's lowered it, but it, there. When you look at the the tenure of the residency program, it. It is an utter it is an utter failure for what has been invested, but also oh, totally. for the talents that came yeah. through it. But even if you look at who's signed deals this year, like Sean Melvin, it was great to see him having an MLS deal, but he has to play. Yeah. Wait, 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 the uh, the the homegrown game doesn't count, Michael. Do you? No, no. <laughs> Sorry, no, a half, half the half that he had, and David Norman. Yeah, we, we saw him briefly in the the Canadian Championship, and it's like. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Hearing a really weird buzzing from. I don't know if it's coming through or not. Just as a. As no, a I don't hear anything. Here. Okay. I think it's just, just my headphones. You're, you're one, buzzing, Michael. One thing that we won't see that was confirmed is uh, well, seemed like it was confirmed was no aging DPS. Yes. We're not going to get older guys okay. on the team now. I think if it was a player, and I don't think these guys would come here. If it was a player like a difference, like we're talking about Ibra, Rooney, or something. If it was a player like that, where they could be a difference maker, then you would bring them in. But. I, I agree with that, that you don't want to bring in somebody that's really old and I, not, uh, not I, able to play anymore. I want to commend the the, the, the Price and Sakaris. I thought the first hour felt a little bit not great. The second hour, they I thought they asked better questions. One area which I felt they was a bit of a setup to fail was that whole poll question they had. Yeah, that's a Why would you one. use the term mm. aging star? Yeah. Like it's just like it's a negative it's a negative thing. Yeah. I'm surprised the vote wasn't even even worse against that. Yeah. But if you want to say like, like, Dynamic. would you have said at thirty-two, even Rooney or Golden Balls were like, you know, crazy past it? Yeah, it's like, what do you class as aging? Exactly, because yeah. some players go on thirty-six, thirty-eight, and they're doing really well. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's that's how that was a weird question, though. Yeah. I I genuinely do think though that there is a a lot of people in this city that would love a big name, somebody that they recognise from the TV. They've maybe seen them in the Premiership or. Serie A or Bundesliga or the World Cup or the Euros, it's like, oh, I recognize that yeah. guy. It doesn't have to be an aging guy. There's so many countries that you could look at. San Jose is maybe not a good example because they went for an Albanian and a Georgian. But, I mean, you've got Polish players, you've got Austrian guys. Look at Royer that's come into New York Red Bulls, and he loves playing at New York. You can see that. Yeah, and he's he, not a German. No. I found out. And, like, David Villa, I was going to talk about this when we did the MLS thing. He is a good signing. He loves playing for New York City. When he scored that equaliser against Red Bulls midweek, 
That seemed yeah. genuine passion from him. And he came here, what, like 32? Yeah. Yeah. And so but, someone like that. But the problem is, is I don't, and I know he, uh, Bobby mentioned this later, but I don't, and he thinks it's not a big deal, but I think turf, they, yeah. these players do not want to oh, come I, totally. I agree. I mean, they he, don't want to play half a season on turf. And if you think of it. He brushed it off, but yeah. 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 I, I don't, I think that's a big issue. And look, I don't at, think look, Jordan much is a prime example. They, yeah. they know it's an issue. We've talked about this in the past. They know it's an issue because they will find their own players if they speak out against the turf. The white, the white caps. I, I I don't understand why. Like, the, why not use that as an excuse not to sign somebody? That would be a perfect one. But yeah. I guess they don't want to upset BC Place. No, but if if they were it honest like and it. they came out and said, okay, we can't sign these guys because they won't play in turf, um, and we can't do anything with the turf. One of the, one of the thing I missed to say this about the about the young players. One of the things that to me was a little bit uh, maybe offsides a bit strong, but the way. Uh, <laughs> the way that Bobby talked about, um, I know they like. There's a lot of guys who have liked to talk about the entitlement of some of the young players and how um, they they didn't uh, they didn't want it enough or whatever. Uh, I all I know is is Sam Atakube was not happy. Yeah, with, he d- he didn't like that comment. I yeah, know. but I think that was I don't I, I personally. My my opinion is I don't think that they were talking like he, when he said that comment. I think he was more talking about froze and yeah. Bustos. Okay, and Adikubi just happened to be the question at that point. Yeah. But I think when he says, "Oh, I wish it was like the old days when the young players had to walk in and shine your boots," yeah, shows a little bit of ignorance of the current culture, player culture. Yeah, but I actually agree with him because that is the problem. So many players feel okay. I've done it at residency level or academy level, not necessarily just. White caps, and and they feel that they're owed something, and they want to progress faster than they're maybe ready or capable for, and I I that does annoy me. I'm not specifically okay. So, but at the players, same time, like you just said, players who they say they gave a chance to, they never really gave a chance no, to. No, I agree with that as well. So it's a bit. It's not a no. And, and, and to me, and, Sam got a chance, but he he did get injured. Yeah. And that kind of derailed him. And then Jordan Harvey came back playing out for skin. So that was tough. Kian's froze. There was a whole load of other things that had happened off the pitch from, from things that Robbo's told us. So we won't go into that just well, now. That, that'll come out of the EFTN book eventually yeah. in five, ten years. But we've got four or five minutes of this segment left. So I just want to rattle through. No, we, no, aging, no aging DPs, but he did kind of mention that there's a possibility for three DPs yeah, to come in. He said definite possibility. Yeah. But there was a very strange long pause and then Sikerson Price kind of gave an awkward laugh and then moved on very quickly. So I don't know what was going on there, but we talked last week on the show. I've been told there's going to be three DPs coming in. Maybe. maybe difference makers. So, yeah, this is, what, this is what's happening, though. This, but, this is, no, no, seriously, this is what's happening right now. He has to say that. They have their ticketing and their fan services people telling this to people. Oh, you don't like the coach? Don't worry, we'll call you back soon. Oh, don't worry. Next year, we're going to have 3DPs or whatever. We have 3DPs. They're not going to be crazy money DPs. They're not going to be Toronto DPs, but don't worry. We're going to have DPs. This is what they're telling because they can't lose their season ticket holders. It's it's all about, this is a collective message within the front office. Yeah. Now, there was a little bit of chat about the manager and the assistant's future. After another long pause, Bobby said that an extended playoff run would be great when asked what it would take for, for Robo to save his job. He didn't laugh it off like Har- he did with Har last year. No. <laughs> I think things have changed since that that chat last year. He did confirm, though, that two of the assistants, that their contracts are not 
renewed yet. They wanted them renewed now, but they're going to talk. They wanted to enter into negotiations about yeah, them. Yeah, and yes. But they want to talk at the end of the season, which I feel is quite right. I don't think no, you yeah, can and commit I, to I, that that's, now. Right. That's and to v- ask for it now seems no, ridiculous. There's nothing, no, 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 it, no it there's nothing wrong with asking for it. And Bobby even said that. There's nothing wrong with them asking for it. But they said that they, in normal circumstances, when you're not at the top well, of the league. I know you want stability. You, you're, yeah, but you're okay. not at the top of the league. You're kind of middling. You don't want to be committing to people at this point. Yeah. Okay. There's a couple of things here. One, in the football world with players and with coaches – in the last six months of your deal, if you don't have another deal, it's totally normal for negotiations yeah. to happen or for a new deal to be done. Two, there's a history here. This is not this is not happening in a vacuum. There's a context. There's a precedent set for this. And Carl Robinson knows better than anyone because when Martin when they weren't bringing back Martin Rennie, the same thing happened. The they the the assistant coaches were not uh, their contracts. They were told or whatever. They knew their contracts weren't being. You talked about this, I think, in an article and on and on the show yeah. back in the day. Robbo was in a hotel in Ro- Surrey. Robbo was living in a hotel in but Surrey. Why would he, they? Why would they sign assistants when they haven't decided on the coach? Yeah, you don't. You can't uh, force assistants on a no, coach. No, sir. What I'm saying is, if they're planning this, on getting rid of Robbo, you can't extend the, the assistance. No, I know, and that's what I'm saying. Is this shows their hand. This shows what they're. This shows what they're. This shows what they're doing. Unless they make a long run, yeah. and then they have to, because he said that he goes extended playoff. No, run, no, 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 no. He didn't say he they didn't have say to. That. Uh, no, no. I, I don't no, think anything. One thing is saves Robo one Day. thing is is that the uh, it seemed like the, the next night. Oh, you guys probably didn't listen to this. The next day, Luke Wildman was on in the morning. Oh, you were telling me about yes, this. Yes, yeah. and he and right off the bat, the host of the show, John Abbott, said Bobby Leonard Doozy last night said the assistant coaches aren't coming back. That's what he. That's what John Abbott said, and Luke Wildman reiterated that too. when he started talking about it, he goes, "Well, how can Robbo do it when the assistant coaches aren't coming back?" Yeah, Bob, Bobby never said that. No. So their own the people at the radio station are saying it themselves that the they're totally misconstruing. And if if they're saying that, obviously the average listeners that yeah. are listening. Well, to something we never talked about last week, and just quickly do this, and then we'll maybe wrap this segment up. But TSN. During the <laughs> during the TFC game, they mentioned several times about the assistance contracts not getting renewed. But the interview that they did with Russell Tiber after the game, for me, was totally out of order and crossed the line. You do not put a player on the spot like that by asking about the coach and staff's future. What, why not? You just lost the cup, 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 cup final. You're you're in the running for the playoffs. This this not the the uh, when a, when you don't know if your job is secure, it impacts you at work, right? But why would you ask a player about the the? Because it, then it impacts the players on the field. So why would you not ask that? I, that cr- totally crosses a line. Nah. You can't put a player in the spot like that. What, what are you expecting the player to say? Whatever he, whatever's on whatever he thinks. Okay, right. So, so, so say Russell didn't. Aren't like you Robo. the guy? Aren't you the guy who says, "Hey, we want more honest, yeah. meaningful answers from players about yeah. meaningful things." But say Ro- say Tybert didn't like Robo, and he comes out and says, "Oh yeah, I hope he's go- he's not going to go. I hope he's gone because he's not going to play again this year." It's a, it's not a fair position to put a player in. I just thought that was completely out of order. Last thing, Bobby said or was asked, "Is this the biggest off season in the club's MLS history?" He obviously said every. Off-season is the biggest one, but he did say it's a great opportunity for the club. With the, they need the to money. find a way to concede less goals and the money and everything. Yeah. And you have to agree, this for me, this is a massive off-season and a massive chance to shape and publicly make aware 
of what the direction of this yeah. club is and to set a new identity. So to the the, the goal, giving a goal thing, that was one of the awkward things that Mallet said. Was Mallet was like, yeah, we need to spend, we need to invest more in keeping the ball out of the back of our net when they are a club who spends, I think, more than most clubs on the defensive side of things. They just need to invest in better players. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back with some MLS chat after this. Hey, it's Marco Bustos. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. So what was that song, Steve? That was the theme song from Bunk- Buckaroo Bonsai. <laughs> Sorry, messed up the name. That's a TV show? No, it was a movie. It's a movie. Hey, yeah, don't from make, the 80s. Don't make Steve mess it's, up names. It starred, it starred Peter Weller. I don't know who that is. I know who Peter oh, Weller? Weller. Doctor Who? Is it Peter Weller or something like that? No, that's not. Who, who is the the, the, the gray haired? I'm thinking of Peter Sellers. Sorry. Who the, is the, the last Doctor. The gray haired one. The Scottish guy. Yeah. Peter Capaldi. Maybe it was Peter Capaldi then. I'm confused. No, wait. Peter Weller is the Robocop. Sorry. Right. Oh. I'm getting names all over the place. Okay, forget or it. Or Paul Weller from The Jam. I'm going to find out right now. Who wrote Away From The Numbers, which all this is named after. See, it's all come around to a good thing. Yes. So, we're going to look at MLS in this part. We had so much more we were going to talk about in that last part, but we kind of want to move on. We were going to talk um, about some of the players that Bobby mentioned that folk were linked with. Um, <laughs> we can talk about Jonathan, that Jonathan David. He was never going to come here if he's lighting it up in Europe, but that's a whole other thing. We were going to talk about the whole base thing as well. So it was, sorry. Or he, maybe it was, uh, it was Peter Weller. He, he started oh, yeah. a Robocop as well. What about Bella Emberg? Have you, did you no, look into not, her after I'm last not, week? I'm not looking her up. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, so we'll look into base and things as the season moves on because the... Want to get our facts? Yeah, right you want to get the more. We... You want to be right, not first. Yeah, but talking about being right and not first, the Whitecaps in MLS. I don't know. Uh, are they right? No, yeah. I, was, <laughs> I was trying to get a link. That was, I know. That, seg- was, that was, terrible. was a decent try to segue. Yeah. Where we'd usually look at the MLS West just in this segment, but I want to look at some stuff that happened elsewhere because it, it was rivalry week. That's yeah. why we we're playing San Jose, our biggest rivals. Going back to the NESL days. Now, they could have fixed this. I'm, I'm going to go quickly on this, a quick fix. All they had to do was have Portland play twice this week and have uh, San Jose or LA play, one of the LA teams play twice. Because New York did this. New York played NYCFC in midweek, and then they played DC oh, United yeah, DC. on Sunday. Yeah. So they could have easily done where Vancouver played Portland midweek, and then they uh, Portland played Seattle or something like that. Um, Michael, there was there Michael, was a way to fix Michael, it. Michael, should we... Should we tell Steve that MLS doesn't care? Yeah, I know. But San Jose should have... I, I was going to tell him that you shouldn't have a Cascadia Derby midweek, but... Uh. But San Jose should have played LA Galaxy. Like, that's what I mean. Like oh, they, they no, should Because yes, uh-huh. they have a rivalry uh, with yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, Steve, should we tell Michael that MLS loves to put the Cascadia Derbys midweek? Yeah, no, they should Right. The Caps three points, though, against San Jose moved them up to seventh temporarily. 
They're now down to eighth after t- today's games again. But just just very tight. Well, it, yeah. it's tighter than a Nats chuff. Okay. They're a point behind Seattle in fifth, who have a game in hand on us. And a point behind the Galaxy in sixth, who have played one more game than us. Portland's now seventh, level in points with us, but they've got two games in hand. So we're still very much in this. We're we're alive. We're like Gordon. And Gordon's alive! Flash Gordon? No, I don't no. remember that part. I no. do remember the movie. I just That's a remember. very famous thing with Brian Blessed. Mm. Gordon's alive! I'll no. take your word for it. Okay. Now, but they do have, uh, the Vancouver does have a game in hand on uh, RSL. Yes. RSL are doing well. Which yeah, but they're, o- they're only four points off RSL's yeah. record at this point. They have a game in hand on the Galaxy. And they're only a point behind them. Mm-hmm. So they're, I know you got games... And they've still got to play the Galaxy. Exactly. So in LA, though. But so. Yeah. That means that. Latin will play because it's not on turf. Yeah, but they're still... You never know. They might have another stinker. But Rivalry Week, as we talked about in the last part, it kicked off with the New York Derby. Two signing-offs for City. It was an entertaining game. I enjoyed it. I liked it when it was like six and seven goals to New York Red Bulls, but... Yeah. It was Rory Phillips and, and uh, what's his face? David Villa. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I th- the big thought it was good. And then Chicago and Columbus played out a 1-0 draw on Thursday. But only 8,500 fans turned up to watch that. Well, that yeah. was the... I don't think actually that meant turn. I think when you treat your fans like shit, which is basically what Chicago have been doing this year, doesn't matter if you've signed a big guy like Bastien Schweinsteiger. No. And fans they, are just going to not turn up. And the thing is, they were... Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, they were a preseason favorite to be in the top four or yeah. something like that. So, I mean, they're one of the teams that, I mean, if you talk about coaches possibly having their jobs on the line, do you ever talk about that? Sometimes I do. Pavlovic at, at Chicago, you can't see him back next year. He must know that as well. But I think it's worrying when you see what's happening to Columbus moving to Austin. If clubs like Chicago are drawing that poorly, yeah. You've got to fear for the future no, when you've got Chicago, teams like... Okay, Chicago is still a major medium. you've got teams like Detroit medium. close by to I say you've still got that market area. don't see Chicago ever moving. They're not mm. going to... That's a major media market. They're not going to move out of there. I mean, one of the problems in Chicago is the stadium is so far away. Yeah. Well, another game, Houston to Texas, talking about Austin. Yes. Houston Texas and Dallas. Texas Derby. Houston and Dallas. 1-1. Two goals in the last 10 minutes. Wasn't a, a fantastic game, but looked like Dallas had won that. Houston's it back. out of it now, though, yeah. so I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. But Friday saw the the big story of the weekend, you could argue. But nobody talked about it. No, it's because he's not American. Oh, okay. Joseph Martinez set the single season scoring record with 28 in the 2 1 win for Atlanta over Orlando. Did Still got eight games left. Who held the previous record? Oh, there's a there few three, of them. Three way yeah. tie. Brett Phillips, Roy, Roy Lasseter, and. What's his name? Why say Stern John? No, it was Bradley <laughs> Phillips. <laughs> you said him. Yeah, you said. Oh, um, Wando. Wando. Yeah. He's gonna definitely hit thirty. You would have oh. to see. Can he hit forty? No. Or oh, look how many hat tricks he gets. No, okay. Did you did you see the highlights from this game or yes. watching? Okay. <laughs> I know for some reason. Uh, well, because they're Orlando, I guess. But uh, they they love Joe Bendick there, or whatever. Yeah. They think he's so so great. When I think he's just an average MLS keeper. And did you see the opening goal? Yes. <laughs> what a howler. What a shocker. Yeah. 
Orlando's goal was good though. It was really well taken. Yeah, Martinez had a couple of chances as well to to get more than the one did, that he did. But I, I don't know. I didn't wasn't. I don't know why or what what else happened. But do you see his goal is great. His little chip over the keeper, yeah. and then as he's running to celebrate, he said something to Bendik. On yes, the <laughs> I'd love to know what he said. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. For like, hey, you've made history. <laughs> <laughs> and then he and then he got a yellow card for taking off the shoot. Was, I think he had the number twenty eight or something on the inside of it, or because he was showing oh. that. Or something. Oh, possibly. I don't right, know. That'd be good. Then Friday night, the other game, it was the LA Derby. 1-1 yeah. draw. Zlatan got the opener, but needed VAR to, to confirm it. Well, if <laughs> it was a, good, a good use of VAR. Yeah, he yeah, was but, adamant. But if they had, had gold, ta- gold line technology, would he need yeah, VAR? Which I yeah. thought we did. No, we didn't. I thought they did too. Actually. No, they don't. Mm, yeah. That's too expensive. Yeah, that now, but yeah, I thought we did. LFC, they have to AFC. fit in all the stadiums if they do, and we, you know, we don't want to do it in Columbus uh, right now. <laughs> <laughs> LFC tied it up with a penalty after Villa was brought down, and... We could have done with a win for the goats. We 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 need the top three to run away and basically win all the remaining games against the teams that we're in and around. So, Galaxy though no wins in five now. Three of them were draws. That's but not good enough. Three I, points out of fifteen. Are possible? they gonna? Are they gonna That's implode? It's like. Oh, they could. They could there's always still nothing. Number of games they could still it, turn around. Yeah, but, it might be the team that but, we're chasing. But their biggest issue is that their back line is horrendous. Yeah, like they they give they give up a lot of goals. They give up the five to Seattle. I thought. Can we can't wait for the, the Caps game down there? It's yeah. going to be like six five. You going down? No, oh. just when it's an eleven goal thriller. It's bound to be that. Saturday, of course, we had our our big rivalry game of the Quakes. Whatever happened to that Heritage Cup that they wanted to... I don't know, the, the Cascadia side just laughed it yeah. off. Yeah. But it started off with the Canadian Derby. We'll, we'll talk about that. It's not the West, but TFC, Montreal. I, I PVR'd the game. Again, I had this wedding and whatever. So you don't I need PV- to PVR. They show it every couple hours. Yeah. <laughs> I PVR'd the game, but I, I turn on and Sportsnet was like, oh, and the Canadian Derby, whatever. And they're like... TFC. They called it the Canadian Classic or something like that. On oh, La Classique yeah. or something. Yeah. So, anyways, they were just like, "Oh, Toronto, Toronto's trying to make the playoffs, but will Montreal with the team to to keep them out?" And I was like, "Yes, yes." And then I watched the I watched the game, yeah. and I was like, "Oh shoot!" Well, TFC looked comfortable. Yeah, but I but they're not comfortable in the standings. No, Mon- Montreal no. had a goal ruled out, which would have made it three yeah. two. I think that could have really turned the tide because they were like piling it on by that point and I expected more from them in the second half and they didn't do it I hate to say it but TFC do look like they're kind of finding the form of last year and they're kind of getting back into it they still need a lot of help to make the playoffs so Montreal keep that sixth spot for now TFC though are six behind with two games in hand so technically could draw level but you've got New England four behind with two in hand as well. And they lost to Philadelphia. Yeah, and who TC, who lost today 1-0 to, to Red Bulls, are six behind, but they've four games in hand. And I think they're the team that looked the dangerous to, to get into Sorry, their yeah. DC. Oh, DC. yeah, yeah. Because they, of all the home games. Yeah, yeah. they lost yeah. today. That was an away game today. Yes. But they, like I said, they have so many home games. They have four in hand. Obviously, they have to win those in order to make up. But, uh, but T- that, TFC and that also means, confident. That also means they have a lot of fixture congestion in these last two months yeah. more than everybody else. So that's going to be a, a stepping point too. So question for you both. Do you see TFC making it? I see they poss- they're capable of doing it, but I don't know. I don't think so. I've said from the beginning, even, even after their bad run, that they're going to make it. I still think they're going to make it, unfortunately. I think... I, I didn't 
until probably last week, and now I'm starting to think they will. If we can go there and beat them, which might be a tall order after the, the recent game, but if we can, that would be great if that was the defeat that kind of completely derailed them. There would be some enjoyment, I'm sure, yeah, for people. I'd certainly that. enjoy that. Now, the remaining three games were all Western Conference games. Yes. Uh, teams that going were, or at least the, what we're going to talk about, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kansas City, Minnesota, 2 nothing. Yeah, Easy win not for a lot Kansas to City. see there. No. No, no, at halftime, Crozet and Rubio is the, second half. Yeah, the one thing, the first goal, again, it was just another example of Minnesota's defense were just like yeah. ginormous, like you could drive cars, There's some monster trucks. through their defense is doing the league this year. Sadly, we're one of them, but there are some really, really Like the positioning ones. and the spacing, was just, it was so terrible. Well, the opposite's KC. That was... Four clean sheets in a row, I think, for what's KC. A, what's a clean sheet? I, I, I still meant to look that up after last week. 11 <laughs> on now, the is season. is there a space between clean sheet or is it one word, one word or two words? <laughs> yeah. I, I write uh, it Steve, here. I write it here with a space, but in the UK, I would do it as one. Oh, man. Anyway. Now, the big game, the yeah. one that we had that, our eyeballs someone on. Someone that didn't keep a clean sheet. No. Colorado. Yes. They shot the bed. Dirty sheets. And I gave you an option to have some fun. Well, they they had two sendings off, didn't they? Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. 6-0. The RSLers, Arsels, Arsel. Anyway, RSL, they beat Colorado 6-0. Who who have been on good form, Colorado, coming into this game. They've they've been on a decent run, but they're still Colorado. Colorado. They are dreadful, and their defense is one of these dreadful defenses. They're the San Jose of the Rocky Mountains. Five different scorers for RSL. Nicky Johnson got sent off in the night. No, yeah, Nicky Jackson got sent off. Not Nick Jackson from the Young Bucks. No, no. Uh, He got sent off in the ninth minute. Well, he was already one nothing. Yeah, (laughs) cheeky little headbutt. Uh, Yeah, I know. First MLS start. You think? Why would you do that with VAR? But you don't even need that, though, because I think the the referee saw that right off yeah. and didn't even look at VAR. He just gave him a red card. Absolute idiot. And then they went 2-0 up, and then Bismarck sank them. The yeah. sinking of the Bismarck. Bismarck boating. That was a horrible. That was horrible. Yeah. He didn't stud, make any attempt to get the ball. high into the flesh. Yeah. yeah. Ball and player way past him. And that was just before the half, too. Yeah. Was it, it was two or three? It was two nil. It was two at that point. Yeah. And then four goals in the second half. Yeah. Savarino's was the best of the night. His second and RSL's third. I liked that one. RSL now, one loss in the last seven. Well, so they are but flying. A lot of ties in there, too. How, how bad does everyone feel for Tim Howard? Not much. I actually did like I feel said, a little bit for him last night no, because his defense I gave him, is dreadful. He, he, I gave him the opportunity to say five past Tim Howard. You asked me at a bad time, Steve. I'm sorry. Like I said on, <laughs> on Twitter, I thought any time you ask what time is it, yeah. it takes precedence over anything. What were you doing? No, because no, the, the Whitecaps were getting beat 2-0 at oh, that time. Right. He asked me what time it was. It's like, not a good time. The Whitecaps are getting beat 2-0, and a team that we can catch has just hit six past Colorado. It was five past at the time. Yeah. So not a great time. Don't oh, ask me that question. Five past Tim Howard would be classic. Yeah, yeah I was we'll, waiting for the tweet back. We'll do I didn't, it now. I didn't expect that. Six past Tim Howard. See, I don't tweet at him anymore when that. I usually text him because I'm worried maybe he's not watching. It still spoils it. If anyone says what time is it and such a thing, I know someone scored five goals. Well, I did. That's what I did. Yeah. We were the working oh, I, did, I didn't assume you were going to watch RSL hey, Steve, Colorado. Hey, speaking of games, Steve, uh, old games. Steve, did you um, did you enjoy watching the second half oh, of the Voyagers? I've been caught it, so let's not talk about it. Oh, you're in for a treat. <laughs> Trophy is lifted. 
Um, the crowd at the the Rocky Mountain Cup was announced at just under seventeen thousand. It looked horrendous. That did not look like seventeen. And the 000. cup was presented. Mm-hmm. I, I think they counted the empty seats as attendance. Mm. <laughs> A club wouldn't do that, would they? No. Anyway, today it was the big Cascadian Derby. Not so big. The proper Cascadian Derby. No, not biting on that. Okay. okay. Um, it wasn't a classic. There's a little bit of niggle. A few kicks here and there. A few folks squaring up to each other. A couple of bookings. Looked like it was going to be nil-nil. Everyone right. was hoping yeah. up in Upper Cascadia. Oh, they were hoping for a nil-nil. That would have been so good, both for the Cascadian standings yeah. and the MLS standings. But, yeah, an own goal decided it. Cascanti. He looked distraught after it. Almost oh, yeah. in tears. Of course. Yeah. But after that, the last 15 minutes were actually quite enjoyable. Up to that, it wasn't really much at all, but it was a bit end to end. They were going for it. Seattle have moved into the playoff places. Briefly were there and then got kicked out last week. They're up to fifth. They've got seven straight wins and they're undefeated in 10. Portland, though, have started their new streak, as we keep talking about. We started it. You're welcome, Portland. Four straight losses. 15 without a loss before that. So bizarre that you can just go from being that strong to then all of a sudden going on four losses. But they've got those games in hand. If they blow those games in hand, because they're not easy, they've got LA Galaxy. They've got uh, TFC coming up on Wednesday, who's fighting for points. Yeah, That's a tough one. As much as I don't want TFC to make it... <laughs> I'd love them to win down in Portland. Horrible. Yeah, it's a First horrible feeling. problems I know, yeah. but horrible. The the interesting thing now is that the September 15th home match for Vancouver with Seattle becomes a Cascadia Cup final. Yes. So if, if, Se- if, Seattle, if Seattle wins that, they win the, this year's Cascadia Cup. So, so so essentially, that's the whoever wins that can win no, it, right? No, no, or, no, no. Everyone's still in it. Everyone's still in it, yeah, because yeah. it's six three three. Because so, they still want to play Portland yeah. in the last oh, game. So of if season. we if we if Vancouver beats Seattle, and then Portland beats Vancouver, it's a three way tie for six points. But then goal differential will obviously. Wouldn't you love it if it got to the last game of the season and we had to beat Portland for the Cascadia Cup no. and to get into the playoffs? No, that would be Could I, your hearts take that? I think. No. I think. Uh, would they open the upper bowl? Well, I think I sent you a text about about this already, but yeah. It, it, they won't open the upper bowl, but um, it would be interesting. Hmm. Anyway, we'll be back with more chat after this. Hi, I'm Jake Norinsky, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back. Zach's staring at his phone, sir. Sorry, it's wavelength, right? That's yeah. what, sorry, <laughs> you I, haven't got to wavelength yet, though, but yes. It is wavelength. It is wavelength right, time. And need to put out a warning before this. If you're listening to this at school, in your, in your office... Not back in. I don't know anything about schools. Eh? But if you listen to this in your office, or if you're not listening to this in a safe environment, this song does include swearing, so this is your warning. Do not be offended. And and if you want to skip this part, normally you obviously don't want to, but if you want to skip because of the swearing, there is markers in the description, oh, yes. and you could skip to it with a yes, point you, you want could to. do. But you don't want to, because this is the last song of from Football Violence Awareness it's, Month. It's pivotal. It's the climax. I, I don't know about you guys. The month has flown by for me. <laughs> I think it started in February. Yeah. Th- thankfully, <laughs> it is a, a biannual event, so we'll, we'll bring it back soon. Are we, Steve, you and I are still in the con, uh, condemn, and condemn, Michael, yeah, Michael's in the condone. condone. Yeah. 
Although I, we're not sure. I'm sure we're going to talk about the inebriati probably <laughs> in the BC headline, so this is maybe fitting. This is a song from 2005 from a group we actually featured two weeks ago, Argy Bargy, but we're going to play another one from them. Uh, from their album 100% Thug Rock, and this is simply called Hooligans Heaven. Bargy Bargy there from 2005 with Hooligans Heaven. Yeah. Wrapping up 
football. What a way to go out. Oh, what a way. Wonderful. So hope, keep your ribbons. We'll be doing this again soon. Um, we'll probably put a statement or something out when, when we're, we're going to oh, do it. Ribbons? Yeah. Oh. Did you not get your ribbon? No, I missed it. Oh. I didn't see your statement. You, you put it right in someone else's heart. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now it's time for BC's Soccer Web Headlines. BC's Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com. Your one-stop site for news, reviews, links, articles, everything you could ask for from the world of football. Make it part of your daily routine, morning and night. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. What's been catching your eye on the site this week, Steve? A couple of follow-ups from earlier, especially quite a bit earlier when we were talking about the trial that was going on. Um, uh, One of the... An ex Macy soccer Brazilian soccer boss is, has got four years in prison uh, because of the trial. Is Jose Maria Marin? He's eighty six years old. He was p- former president of, like I said, of the Brazil Soccer Federation. He's being uh, asked to forfeit three point three million and pay a one point two million dollar fine in its connection with the participation in a scheme to accept bribes in exchange for the media and marketing rights to various soccer tournaments, including twenty fourteen. Or yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. that would include that. Um, and, and then, uh, so he's, he's asked, uh, the, I think the, the government wanted 10 years. They were, the defense was asking for 13 months. He has admitted to his wrongdoing. Um, so there is something there. I guess that was in a way to get his sentence reduced by admitting to the fault. Yeah. I mean, f- four years for an 86 year old. It, it reminds me of Steve when he has to read out, uh, a guy with a foreign name. Yeah. Oh, so I struggled, did well, struggled to get to the end of the sentence. I did like well on Jose this one. Maria Marine. I did well on that one. <laughs> um, Jeffrey Webb, way to go. Um, uh, former Concacaf president. He was arrested in the same raids. Uh, he's pleaded guilty, but uh, he's asked to have the uh, sentence postponed. It's been uh, again several <laughs> times. He was due in court for September seventh. So we'll see how it goes there. We'll go back to Nigeria. Can you just ask to get your your sentence postponed? I, I'm not ready to go to jail. You can't. Can, no, can you can't. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's you, can add, you can. You can say yeah. You have some more things to tie up or whatever yeah. personal matters. Um, FIFA is uh, lifted uh, their th- uh, their threat to suspend Nigeria from world soccer. Th- that uh, might be only for non-violent crimes. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, so they have lifted that threat. They have been gotten assurances now from Nigeria Soccer Federation that the correct people are in power. So hopefully this is the last update I have to do with that one. Mm. Um, now, but from one government crisis to another, to another. yeah, your Uruguayan government is uh, oh, sorry, the, the FA is in crisis. Um, it's basically Wilmer Valdez last month had to step down uh, due to release of uh, some compromising audio recordings. Uh, what do you say, Steve? I'm not sure. No they, one knows. They didn't go to specifics. Uh, it was just the day before no, he was about to. Yeah. Was he telling Christian Teixeira to dive in the box? Oh, Nicholas Ladero. Um, but he was due to stand for re-election in the second term. They're basically, the FA is taking over, trying to, they call it normalization. And they say the mandate of nor- the normalization committee will end on February 28th when they probably hold their new elections. Michael, what's up with the AFT and normalization committee? <laughs> I, I'm trying to, to get folk normalized, <laughs> to my way of thinking. 
Lazio. Does that mean we have to have September football violence awareness? Because <laughs> I do have some more songs. Well, we, we got Lazio in the news. Okay. Um, yeah. um, That's very fitting. They basically, uh, the ultras want no women in their sacred space of the stadium's trenches. It's the Curva Nord. Yeah. Uh, oh, not, not you can't trust these Curva guys. <laughs> uh, they, they basically handed out pamphlets. Uh, the pamphlets read, I'll read them for one. The first f- few rows... Ten, as al- first ten. F- well, yeah, Best translation of Italian superb. Uh, first few rows, as always, have been experienced like the trenches. In the trenches, we do not allow women, wives, and girlfriends, which wives and girlfriends, I'm assuming, are women, so I don't know why you have to go specific like that. Uh, so we invite them to position themselves from the tenth row back. There are apparently now disciplinary proceedings going to be opened against Lazio for those flyers being distributed. The, the Not for cl- the contents, just because the, they gave out flyers. No, no, the, the club has said that they are saying, they basically said that they don't agree with this, that they, um, this is our few people as opposed to the It's irreducibly. Yeah. yeah, and so it was signed by like their main leader or whatever. Yeah. And apparently there's, I think, some, I don't know if they're newly formed or whatever, yeah. uh, Lazio female supporters that are planning to... to uh, to fight to fight the to fight this, uh, getting to uh, some MLS expansion talk, um, Nashville, as we know, was approved for a uh, MLS stadium yeah. or MLS franchise. Sorry, still don't um, agree with that, but okay. Um, but the council, uh, this is a subcommittee. They've rejected parts of the deal that would allow the build of the stadium. A couple things about like the, there's a 10 acre subplot that they want to develop for, um, uh, like. Additional stuff that the ownership wants to develop it for their own stuff, uh, tearing down some of the stuff that they want to tear down in order to build that. So they they are. This doesn't mean that the 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 major council, the city council, will disapprove of this, but it it does kind of put it in a murky waters. It doesn't. It, it, like I said, it's not a bad thing, but right now it's kind of put a wrench in their plans. Well, basically, they Do want they have public- somewhere else to play, though, if they don't get this. Yeah, well, aren't they going to play out of the what you call yeah, it? Yeah, so they just, have they have a football just, stadium, it's just there, delay American it for football a stadium. Bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, but basically, they want they want a lot of public money, right? Yeah, See? yeah. and so they're not going to get it, which is is not no, which I agree with. Yeah, it's just not not a terrible thing. So, news from Canada: a couple things here. Mm. Um, uh, Pacific FC have named Michael Selberbauer <gasps> my new Scandinavian friend <laughs> that's who you were talking about okay as their team's first head coach he's been capped 25 times for Denmark including Euro 2012 he I think he uh, was playing his, oh sorry he was he's currently the top assistant at FC Lucerne in the top Swiss league he's been con- he's there till the end of the calendar year um, and then he kind of sees Canada as a land of untapped potential for soccer. One of the things is he will be assisted by uh, former residency James coach Merriman. James Merriman, yes. um, w- which was mentioned yeah. on the radio show. Oh, that, that, was funny. Like James. that was funny on the radio show. They're like, oh, you've lost the residency coach. He's like, oh, Adam Day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, they're having that, a nice not, Adam's departure yet. Yeah. Like, no, another one. No, but the, like, it was, okay, forget about that part. But what do you guys think about that appointment? Not a Canadian? No, I'll, I'll be honest. I was very surprised because I thought the mandate was it was going to be Canadian coaches. Now, I think I'm assuming that he's a former teammate of Josh Simpson. Yes, somewhere he is. In there. Yeah. 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 The, okay, yeah. obviously. I'm not saying it's a bad appointment. I was just surprised because they have pushed this whole Canadians for Canadians. Is James Merriman from the island or did yes. he spend time yes. there? His, yes, his dad's got a okay. long, long history yeah. in so, the island. So, that, so that's good. Um Obviously, yeah, with the Canadian Premier League, they want to create as many opportunities for Canadians. I think, though, having looked at the other appointments, this one seems refreshing and a little bit different and a little bit outside the box uh, of what kind of has been set up. So I hope for Pacific's sake that that'll be a good thing, a a different tactical approach, a different way of 
you know, doing things. At the same time, it's great to have a local person who has done a lot of work with young players uh, and is respected in that com- in the you know in the youth er, youth coaching community for yeah. for lack of a better phrase. Yeah, I mean James Merriman, he did well with the Caps under 15s last yeah. year. Won the, the championship with them. He's a he was very highly thought of by the White Caps as well. Yeah. So they've now lost him and the under 17 head coach and Adam Day. Well, and we don't and Pamuduka. Oh. But then, yeah. uh, like 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 they said on uh, like Bobby said that the, these are all good opportunities for. Oh them. yeah. And so totally. it's not like they're leaving. And they mentioned Celebrini. Celebrini is going to a high high end. The championship number one team in a bigger league. So, the, oh, the, yeah. the, the, like, you would move to San Francisco in a second if you could. Oh, definitely. I was so, hoping to win MLS at an office there, then they shut it down. <laughs> so, uh, we talk about the CPL there. CPL obviously might be able to gain some new supporters in Ontario. Yeah. Because T- TFC has terminated the Inebriates, I think that's how we For Football it, Violence Awareness Month. For supporters group status. And they've actually, the p- individual people aren't allowed in the South, uh, south Stands until they've completed some kind of MLS course or something. That's normal. Yes. That's normal. Yeah. You're not familiar with that? No, they, ha- I don't they have to pay two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. And Dwayne I was gonna say Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne Rollins. Yeah. Uh, if Dwayne Johnson tweeted this out, that would have been superb. <laughs> but Dwayne Rollins had tweeted out what the actual thing is they have to do. A lot of it is like about alcohol abuse. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So and another thing is is it, it was due to the Ottawa match. The, mm-hmm. in the Canadian, but there have been other incidents as well. There was one Columbus. Yes, that's the yeah. one I was talking. They about. burned a guy. Yeah, they basically burned him with flares. Um, I think it was in TFC that uh, in Toronto that happened. No, no, it was in Columbus. It was, in was Columbus. it Columbus? Yeah. Oh, that's wild. Going to the states and doing that. Yeah, clever. And other uh, CPL news: the Canadian soccer business, which is their kind of business side, CPL's business side, announces that that the post game is going to represent the sale of its global media rights. Um, they're basically a leading digital sports content and marketing agency, and they're going to be kind of selling the broadcast rights to other places around the world, um, including the national team, uh, a CPL like we talked about, and the, uh, with the professional league set to debut in 2011, 2019, sorry. Um, I'm thinking MLS for some reason. Um, they, what do you guys think of that? that they're obviously trying to... Is it a good thing that they're giving this away to somebody else and kind of having another middleman, or is it good to have somebody who knows what they're doing in this situation? Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure about this. Uh, this is, yeah, a lot of Canadian supporters have been talking about this week. Is this a good thing? And if CSB is really outsourcing a number of these large, significant elements, then what is it really meant to do? But then again, the people who are running it already have full time. Uh, affairs that they're looking after, so it's, it's a little bit, a little bit weird. But ho- I mean, again, hopefully it 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 plays out okay. I haven't asked, uh, I haven't asked around too much, but uh, hopefully maybe in, in future weeks we can talk about that some more, Steve. So uh, a couple of news from, parts from this weekend that uh, will probably appear on the BC Soccer uh, web this on Monday. Um, Giovinco uh, takes another shot at the BMO playing field surface. Um, basically, this is a code. We continue to play grass, sorry, sand on the grass, he said in English. Um, the Argos play, the TFC2 plays, everybody plays on the field, and every game we lose a player. This is not possible. And then he was quickly ushered away by, I think, somebody in the media uh, side of like TFC. Yeah, and their PR people. The PR people to get away to stop talking about it. Cause yeah. It, cause well, it, is he in the final year of his guaranteed deal? Yes. Yeah. So... 
We'll Maybe see. he's posturing a bit. Yeah. I was trying. There was another bit of the quote. I was trying to find out. I, I think that's all he said. And no, he left. I think he said oh. something else just oh. before. You can't blame him. Yeah. No, I mean he's spot on. It's, uh, At I, least he doesn't have to play on turf. I, yeah. I, I like. I like when when players just call it as it is. Yeah. Maybe they don't find their players for saying those things there. So um, we do that? last little bit, um, Edmonton <laughs> Soccer Dome is set to become the biggest indoor facility in Canada. It's basically located south of Edmonton. The dome actually covers 135,000 square feet, which I think is, I think, I think if I saw, remember correctly, or I saw it somewhere, that the soccer field is about 68,000. So it's equal to possibly two soccer fields. Or if they play seven on seven, it would be equal to four there. So they could play basically all year round, and they're talking about other sports being able to use it too. So it's a good investment, I think, for uh, football. We should have had that a few years ago for the Voyagers Cup. A dome Ma- in TFC in Toronto? No, in Edmonton. Oh, in Edmonton. Oh, that's a good point. When yeah. it snowed in May, you would have played indoor. They could have gone and played indoor. No stands though. But then you would not have had a great story to tell your grandchildren. <laughs> anyway, that is it for this week's show. Um, just before we go. Just let all your grandchildren know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat and uh, Zach. For me, it's uh, Zach at, at Zachary AM on Twitter. I'm a part of a movement, Cover Collective, in which the first uh, row or two or three is for children and their and their uh, their guardians or parents. So uh, come and join us sometime. Male and female. Yes. Okay, just to, to, yeah, just to, just to re-clarify that point. I am Michael McCoy. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. Give us a follow on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. And give us a, a re- nice review on iTunes if you want. If you don't like the show, don't bother. But if you do, yeah, give us a nice five-star review. Always handy. That is it. Thanks for listening. Take care. And mon the cap. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Mm-hmm.